Hey guys, welcome to Sip It and Rip It. <laughs> I was waiting for you to say something else. You know, no, that's it. Welcome to Sip that, It and Rip It. That's it. That's, that's, it guys. that's the episode. That, that's the whole episode. For <laughs> Happy <today>. New Year. <laughs> well, actually, <laughs> December 31st is the day that we are recording it, isn't it? It is, yeah. So, yeah. so tomorrow will be 2023. Yeah, I'm planning on going home and going to bed early. I'm planning on staying home and going to bed. Yeah, that's uh, for like the way it's the way it needs to be done this year. 2022 kind of sucked, didn't it? I think it had a, its ups and downs. I think the last two years, three years, have sucked. 2019 was probably the worst year of my life, to be honest. 2019 was rough for me too. Honestly, yeah. I, I think I think we were both going through some pretty rough shit. Yeah, in 2019. 2022 definitely has handed me a a couple of turd sandwiches. I just kind of had to put mustard on and eat them anyway. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I didn't really want to, but uh, you know, I had uh, fa- some family pass away and uh, the career change or the job change. It's not a career change, um, right. stuff like that. So it just is what it is. Yeah. And for me, I, I mean, I had a, a job change, but it was good thing so i i guess i had one good thing happen yeah i mean i think mine is too it's just the transition has been a little rockier than i intended yeah so. yeah which is unfortunate but it wasn't really your call no it's we, not, it's, we don't have to go into the details on all that it's not my fault it was rocky. no <laughs> yep, i did everything i could so yeah. this is what it is but uh but yeah i mean that's 2022 personally really wasn't that bad of the year i guess it i don't so know definitely some outside things that made it kind of shitty but i feel like personally it wasn't like a terrible year but just in my opinion the whole world just feels like it's kind of shittier like people people's attitudes like, i think that's uh where and i don't mean to, i'm not gonna get political but that's just kind of where the us of a is right now unfortunately yeah, that's true yeah this uh economy sucks it's really expensive to feed yourself mm-hmm Especially um, when you're a power lifter and you got to eat yeah, 4,500 yeah, calories a day. Um, <laughs> Trying to eat it cleanly and not be. And I, you know, that was, a, that was a motivator for my uh, for my career move is, uh, you know, working seven days a week for for pennies. Um, I believe in what I do and I believe that it should be people first and not money first. But at the same time, I need to be able to pay my bills and, mm-hmm. and feed myself. And yeah. uh I don't expect to get rich off of it, but I do expect to to be able to live. To be able to live, yeah, yeah absolutely. So, um, you know, that was definitely a, a motivating factor, and uh, it might have been for the worst, but I, I doubt it very seriously. Things are going to start turning around, looking better for me soon. Yeah, twenty twenty three is going to be a year. It is. Now, I will say this about twenty twenty two, and the segues into what we always do. But I did have, uh, and you were there to spot me. I had the best squat day of my life today. Yeah. Um, Thanks in part to uh, my coach, Ron Tarvin. Um, so I'm uh, I'm pretty enthusiastic about uh, 2023 because I ended 2022 stronger than I've ever ended yeah. a year ever. So um, pretty fucking neat. Yeah. Cheers to that. Cheers to that. Uh, we got um, <clears throat> Shanky's Whip. Shanky's Whip Old Fashioned. So it is an Irish whiskey with... Uh, like whipped cream liqueur in it or something? Like I think it was vanilla and caramel. Vanilla and caramel, but it is it made a really awesome old fashioned. Super um, good. It's it's sweet, but the flavor is just fantastic. For the record, I just want to mention this is a powerlifting podcast. I am in prep. 
you shouldn't drink through prep, but we drink for the <laughs> podcast. So we're not drinking a lot anyway. And it's so smooth too. Like it just goes down and it's like, it's great. It's really you can, good. You can feel the alcohol, but it's not jarring. Not at all. It's just very, very good. Yeah. So, uh, what did you, tra- did you train today? I did not train today. Um, I actually, I'm going to let you kind of already touched on it. I'm going to let you talk about the rest of your training. I'm actually going to talk about the diet. That's fair. Um, yeah. So, uh, I had, uh, three sets of five programmed at just my num what would have been my numbingly heavy weight for me that I, I would have never, um, especially after this labral tear, I never would have thought that I would be back under that weight for reps again. Um, or for at least for volume, uh, mm-hmm. I kind of expected, you know, you're going to have to touch things at 80, 85 percent of your wonder at max and above to get better. That's how you do it. But I really kind of expected. And maybe I shouldn't have, but I kind of expected. Um, hit the low end of your numbers. Yeah, they hit the lower end of all my numbers and just to survive today. Mm-hmm. And I um, ended up hitting the top number for all three sets. Never had to move down. Um so I'm pretty happy with that. But I mean, it was pretty meat and potatoes day. I, um, I had regular low bar squats. Um, I had SSB front squats and I had some kind of maintenance technique work deadlift. So I think I had, I had like three sets of two at like 365. And mm-hmm. that's like literally not even a warm up weight for me anymore. So, yeah. so, so it's, um, but you know, me and Ron are working on new technique for me, um, helping me out with a slack pull, that kind of thing. So, there was plenty of work to be done despite it being uh, a small load. And then I had uh, some lunges and um, some GHRs, um, which I kind of had to modify being in uh, the nutrition shop today. But um, Did you do the banded? Uh, no, I, um, I ended up uh, basically doing uh, – I didn't do the banded like reverse hoppers. I ended up doing uh, um, good mornings with a heavy band. Okay. So, I mean, that was uh, – because he wanted a real like – horizontal glute ham developer. So the best thing for me to do was try to hit um, specifically kind of oscillate my hamstrings, right. not so much my lower back. So gotcha. my lower back took a beating this week on uh, on my deadlift day. So mm-hmm. um, I think he knew that and he intentionally kind of planned for that. So um, it's looking more and more sports specific. I have less and less accessory work all the time, having like two or three accessory lifts a day. Um, a total of like four to six exercises, depending on if it's a lower body or upper body day. So right. it looks quite a bit different than my programming. Uh, not that there's anything wrong with that. Um, we and him just go about things a little bit differently, but, uh, but it's been really, really good for me because I feel in general, even after touching all this heavy weight, I feel really recovered. So yeah. um, with the only exception of being this past deadlift day, my back is still torched. Right. How I managed to squat that day as torched as I was, <laughs> um, I have no idea. But that's it. that even makes it better, though, because I was able to – I was pretty fatigued and was able to do something I'd never done. So yeah. uh, anytime you do that, that's pretty good. So I think that my goal of 1,500-plus uh, in March is uh, more obtainable uh, than than I really even thought it was going to be, yeah. to be honest. So so that's a, that's a positive place. And a good, like I said, a good way to end 2022. Yeah. Um, in terms of my diet, uh, I'm not dieting, and I'm hoping to change that, not to buy into the new year, new me bullshit, but uh, there is a competitive edge to be gained from a diet, and I'm just not following one right now. I um, ate a big breakfast. Um, that powered me through my workout, and I ended up literally just forgetting to eat lunch until like 5 o'clock. So I ate mm. a meal prep lunch 
at five o'clock as I was shopping, uh, closing the shop and then got dinner on my way here. So my last two meals were within an hour and a half of each other. Right. And, uh, and I probably, I mean, I'm probably 500 to a thousand calories under maintenance, even with a trashy dinner. So, yeah. I mean, uh, didn't do my best in terms of diet today, but, uh, um, it is what it is. Um, but the training still around. Yeah, I, I definitely, you know, I have to get that part of training right because, uh, there's so much to be gained from a diet, whether it's eating enough or eating in your case, which you're about to elaborate on eating little enough to get things mm-hmm. done, uh, whatever your goal is. And right now I'm just not eating for any goal. So hell right now, honestly, I could probably eat two or 300 calories under maintenance, um, lose a little weight. And if I just hit my protein goal, I would probably see dividends strength wise from it, right. to be honest with you. Or even just a consistent diet. Honestly, yeah. I would probably see dividends from it. I, th- so. I think consistency um, is going to go a lot, a lot further than anything else. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, truth of the matter is, there's some days I'm running on doing these workouts on a thousand calories, and there's some days I'm doing these calorie uh, these workouts on four thousand calories. Right. And uh, that's just not real good. Is that Jesus calling? It might have been. Thought <laughs> I had turned my. Silence or quiet. Okay. But uh, your diet, go ahead and elaborate on that since you didn't lift today. So, yeah, no lifting. I I started lifting Monday through Friday, um, mostly to coincide with my working schedule. So I didn't have to travel so far to get to the gym and stuff. Um, But uh, what I really want to talk about was the, the water cut and the diet that I had done leading up to this past week, I guess. I guess it was this week that I really started eating again because I kind of. And you're in a in a surplus, not at maintenance, right? Uh, I'm I'm in a surplus for my current weight, but I'm not at a surplus for my target weight. So, I got you. Makes you know, sense. It depends on depends on how you want to look at it. Um, but I really just want to talk about how I uh, what I felt like when I started dieting. I had gone down to carbs once a day and it was potatoes and that was the only carbs I ate all the, uh, for the, for the majority of this diet. And I was losing weight and I was losing weight fast. Um, not, not, I guess nothing like super crazy, but it was several pounds a week. You know, I know I lost 10 pounds in the first week. Most of that probably water. Most, yeah. Saying. Most of it probably water, but. As it went on, it was it was a little slower, but it was progressive and it felt good. And I felt like I looked better. Like yeah. I was losing in the places that I wanted to, not aggressively like I wanted to, but I went in, you know, thinking I want a certain look, you know, I wanted to be stage lean. That was the whole goal. And um, I was gonna just hammer it out and until I hit, you know, I think I said if I was hit below 200, then I was going to cut it off no matter what happened. Um, so then I was talking about it and I was like, well, I'm starting to feel weak. And that really upset me. Like I was just like not okay with as weak as I got. And I knew it was going to happen. You know, sli- there was going to be some drawback. I was going to lose some strength and I was okay with that. I knew I wasn't going to be able to go over there and bench 400 pounds because I was in a calorie deficit and that was, that was, that was fine. But it was really, I think it was when I started struggling to hit reps, you know, eight to 10 reps on stuff that I could do 20, 25 of. 
Yeah. And that was the point where I mentally it was like, you can't keep doing this. Yeah. So I decided, okay, I'm going to do a water cut and then I'm going to eat again. And you did Elizabeth's water cut. I did Elizabeth's water cut, um, which talking about that, I, I don't remember how much she talked about it, but uh, it was uh, two gallons of water for three days, a gallon of water for three days, and then a half a gallon of water on the last day. And being completely honest, everyone told me the water was the hardest part, but it was not. The water was super easy for me. I just chugged the water. I overdrank my water on a couple of the first three days. Um, and then it was more of a struggle to not drink water on the last four days. Um, the hardest part was just not eating carbs. And I, I say this, I, there were times where I thought I was gonna have to quit because I would be at work and I would drop down and I'd get up too fast and I'd feel like I'm about to pass out. Yeah. Like I just felt like this is not safe for me anymore. Right. But I would, I think when that happened, it was Thursday. So I was four days into it. So it was the first day where I had actually cut water uh, down to a gallon. And I was just, I was like, the only reason why I'm going to make it through this is because I'm going to go home early today. And I'm going to not come in on Friday. I'm not going to work Friday and I'm going to be off Saturday, Sunday so I can survive this. So I really didn't do much of anything activity wise. I don't think I even went to the gym that Friday. I don't know if I went to the gym that Thursday either. I just was like, I, if I'm going to do this diet, I can't lift because I'm going to pass out under some heavy weight or something. Well, it's not really heavy, but you know, passing out relatively for the situation for passing out with even just a 200 pound squat on your back is enough to kill you potentially. Well, it's definitely enough to hurt you. Yeah. yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Situation's not great. So when I just, I just wanted to talk about that because so I, I, I went from 233 to 199.9. That was the lowest that I got. And I, I talked about that on Instagram and I made a post and I just wanted to say when it comes to that, have realistic expectations, because I think I went in with unrealistic expectations of what I was going to look like at the end of it. That's what I was going to ask. <clears throat> when you said the original goal was to be stage lean, did that redefine your expectations the whole process? It, it gave me a lot more respect for bodybuilders and what they have to put themselves through to get to that point because I don't think mentally I can handle not not just the diet. The diet's hard and it's probably one of the hardest parts of it. It may it may be the hardest part, but a close second is working out with that lack of carbs and that lack of food and just like trying to survive it and knowing that you can do so much more than that, but physically you can't because you're underfed and you're weak. Yeah. That's uh that's hard on, you know, we talked before about our, um, uh, some of our self-esteem, which is not necessarily a good thing, but our self-esteem is tied to how many pounds or kilos are on a barbell or how many reps you can, or how many reps you can do with it, do for it. You know, like, I mean, that's, uh, I mean, that kind of is what it is. Um, also, though, I mean, you know, I mean, you talked about this before and after, but I mean, it takes a series of bulking and cutting and bulking and cutting to finally get to a point where, you know, you are stage lean. I would have to say that the next time you choose to do this, you're going to be yeah. closer 
If you do. If. <laughs> um, That's a big if. But you'll be closer to that ideal body type yeah. the next time because you'll have built more muscle and you'll retain more muscle on the way down, and that's just the way it works. Um, but also, I mean, uh, me and you know, but to elaborate to anybody that might be listening, um, uh, and we don't know it in great detail, but just discuss the benefits of re- rebuilding from a lower body body fat percentage, um, uh, a lower body fat percentage, um, you know, less food required for maintenance, stuff like that, because it has a pretty profound effect on uh, your own hormones, uh, androgynous, I mean, uh, exogenous hormones that you're taking. Uh, it has an effect on how your body processes food, how easily you put on muscle, uh, and stuff like that. So the expectation here, obviously, is the next time you're in the 242 weight class, it's to be a bigger, stronger, more muscular version of that, right? Yeah. So uh, if you want to uh, elaborate on that and what your idea behind the whole thing is, because I said I kind of know, but people listening might not. What, what do you mean my idea? <clears throat> I mean, like, you know, the whole, I mean, I guess explain the whole idea of why bulking and cutting is a benefit to a powerlifter. Oh, well, I mean... Know? Obviously, you know, when you get heavier, like the more weight you put on, the more that's going to be fat. And then when you lose weight and you retain muscle mass, you know, that your body fat percentage goes down. So the, the leaner you get, the less likely you are to get hurt. Uh, mm-hmm. And you already said uh, your own hormones, exogenous hormones work better. Yeah. Uh, and then because and of your the, insulin sensitivity goes yeah, up. Yeah, it's, it's all tied to insulin sensitivity. Like, so for just an example, even if he was at his heaviest, um, his body's going to use insulin more effectively than mine does because I am uh, a little bit taller than him, but relatively about the same frame person. Uh, but I am, you know, right now 60 or 70 pounds heavier. Uh, so I am not going to, my body does not make as good a use of insulin or the exogenous hormones I use, or my own hormones I use, because I'm just simply fatter. Yeah. Um, so the idea behind these cuts and bulks is to resensitize yourself basically to your own hormones, hormones you may be taking, and insulin, in hopes that the next time that you get to that weight, if you diet responsibly, uh, you'll be a leaner version of your 242 than the last time you were a 242. Um, and that's the, and that's the hope. And that's really the only way to grow, continue to continue to progress without moving up a weight class. Um, and I'm not a hundred percent sure we've talked about this moving up weight class was detrimental for my, to my deadlift for a little while until I lost weight and regained because I was so fat the first time I was at 275 that I couldn't get in a good deadlift position. It probably cost me. I know it cost me my first 600 pound pull. Mm Mm-hmm. Because I just comfortably couldn't, I couldn't comfortably reach the bar. Right. Um, so, I mean, there's a lot of things that go into it. And mobility, uh, aside from all the things we just mentioned, is kind of one of them. You yeah. know, the leaner you are at your desired weight class, the more mobile, the more athletic you're going to be. So, and obviously the more muscle versus fat is going to be on your frame. So, right. uh, there's a lot of reasons to do it. Um, outside of the way you look, I'm sure it feels good to look good. Yeah. Um, but uh, I say that like, yeah, I know what. <laughs> but you no. know, you have guys that grow, in, you know, grow into a new weight class all the time, and that's that's all well and good. But you also have these monsters that are always compete at one eighty one or one ninety eight or two twenty, and you wonder how they do it. Well, it's because every time they reach that weight cap, 
they're a little leaner, a little bit more muscular than the last time they reached that weight cap. And they also um, are going to be better at water cutting at that point. Yeah, I'll tell you who's a master of that is um, is uh, Joe Sullivan. Absolutely, his 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 ability to manipulate his body weight and come back and be bigger strong. and leaner and be strong. Uh, both through a water cut and just through a regular dotting phase yeah. coming on the other end of it. Man, that guy's got it down to a damn art. It's like, well, the last time it was about 30 pounds. Yeah. Swing. It was like he weighed in at 220 or something and he went in at 240 something. Yeah. It's like insane. It is absolutely insane. Uh, another master of that. And he, he just looks better than anybody ever, anyway, but Ben Pollock's a master yeah. of that. Ben Pollock's yeah, just a master of all. Yeah. I mean, really, honest to God. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's effectively, if you want to get better in your weight class, if you want to get more muscular, you probably should consider a series of cuts and bulks like that, um, to grow into it and to get better. I think that, uh, <clears throat> and I speak, I'm criticizing myself when I say that, but I think men are sometimes content as powerlifters to just be heavier mm-hmm. and that's not necessarily ideal. Right. But it's, it's one of those things. It's like, you just don't want, like, this is how I felt going. I was like, I don't want to lose all. I knew I was going to lose some strength. I didn't want to lose all of my strength just to look a little better. And I guess that's where it comes from. Is like, you're afraid that you're going to get weak and I know it's going to come back. And I know it's like, it's not a thing, but in the moment it feels a lot worse. Yeah. It makes you feel like shit about yourself. Yeah. As like you said, we're used to everybody. And you know, we work out at commercial gyms. I wish that we were um, in a power lifting dedicated gym, but working out in the commercial gym, like, we're pretty used to being the strongest men in the room. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden when your average gym goer is not doing necessarily things close, but things that are similar and you're right. looking over at them and you're looking at the weight on your bar, it just doesn't feel right. Yep. And that's not to say that there's anything wrong with anything anybody does, but like not only have you set an expectation for yourself, but people are accustomed to seeing you destroy heavy ass yeah. weight. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, and make it look easy. That was <laughs> the one good thing about swapping gyms. <laughs> Nobody knew me. So they there's didn't know no, what I was capable there's no expectation there right now. Like, oh, this is just um, some 198 dude. Uh, and I'm, I'm in the mi- middle of my prep uh, at this new gym that me and you were attending. And uh, I just know come March when it's time to cut this weight off and I go from pressing, you know, 350 plus on the regular to, <laughs> to pressing – 200 <laughs> that uh, there's going to be some people to say, what the fuck's wrong yeah, with this guy? They're going to look at like, wasn't he doing like twice that? Yeah. That's the like, guy that came and pissed all our, all, on all of our fire hydrants and he ain't shit now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Look at that loser. <laughs> and I guess to some extent you kind of, when you lose that strength mentally, you, you think that it may be more you than anybody else. I know it's more you than anybody else. Yeah. Nobody gives that much of a fuck about what you're doing. I mean, there's there's other, other dudes definitely do. Um, I I dealt with some types of, I I told you, uh, it was very much that, uh, I bench 315 in high school type Mm -hmm. dude, but I dealt with some bravado the other day and, uh, they were watching me warm up for bench and they just started getting really, really snarky. They were hitting some back exercises. They started getting really, really snarky and kind of mocking me about what I was hitting on my way up. And uh, <clears throat> I'm a big believer when I'm warming up, like empty barbell and then one plate, I'm probably going to hit it for whatever I'm assigned that day. Yeah. Uh, and maybe I, I might go to 10 reps, uh, especially with an empty barbell. But for the most part, I was pressing sixes the other day. So I did 10 with an empty barbell. I did six. With a plate, and then most of the time I'm going to bench like triples. As it gets a little heavier, I'll go to doubles, and then as it gets a little heavier, my last 
two or three warm-up sets will be singles. Yeah. Um, so I was working up to 320 for a set of six. And uh, I got old man joints too. So I, um, I put my plate on there, throw it around a little bit. I always hit 185 because of my old man joints, like I said. Hit it for like three. And that's when they kind of started getting snarky. Like this guy's walking around like he's a badass. <laughs> and he just like barely locking out 130, 185 because like old man joints. <laughs> and then I put two plates on there, you know, smoke it for a couple. 245 hit for single, 275 hit for single. When I hit that 275 for a single. I loaded up my, my working weight and they were like, there is no, you could tell on their face. It was like, there's no way this fat motherfucker is about to press this. No way. He's not going to get it for one. And then they had to watch me do it, you know, for six. So no. I was kind of like, eat shit and die. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> like, yeah, I was like, they shut up and went to the other side of the gym after they had to, had to watch me do that. Yeah. But uh, I mean, that goes to say, you've heard me and Nathan say it before. Criticism like that, people picking on you in the gym like that, I wouldn't say they were picking on me, but people being judgmental, those comments only ever come from below. They never come from above. Yeah. People that are better than you or doing similar things to you, have similar goals, similar ideas in their head, uh, they either don't care or, or they're they understand. Yeah. yeah, they're supportive. Yeah, that kind of stuff never comes from somebody that's physically stronger, stronger than you. I mean, it might sometimes. It takes a real douchebag. I mean, we know of one specifically. <laughs> I, you, you may not be on the same wavelength as me, but we both knew one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, um, yeah, definitely. There's always exceptions to that. But, I mean, like, look on the internet, dude. First guy is going to blow you up on your reel about your deadlift form, mm -hmm. in your case. Um, first person going to blow you up about that. Probably don't. That, that kid didn't pull four plates. Yeah. And you you pull seven, <laughs> you, know, you know what I mean? It's like it's one of those things. Like, meh. Yeah. You know the and people that burn Heather Calvert up over her, uh, over her uh, squat, depth. squat depth on uh, on uh, on that channel one time. They've never they've never had that much weight on their back. Right. They don't even know what. It's it like this is like. somebody absolutely talking shit that has a public page, and I can go watch their lifts and mm -hmm. like, dude. You can't hold this girl's sports bra. Like, what, right. the, fuck are you, <laughs> like, what the fuck are you uh, criticizing her for? I think it's just, uh, it always comes from below. So it just is what it is. Uh, you had <laughs> something uh, you want to talk about in the sports world today. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, somebody posted, Derek Thistleweight posted this, but because uh, he was in the top 10 in 2022. Uh, but in 2022, by dots, um, the top three were, uh, the first one's obvious, John Hack. Um, the second one was uh, Blake LaHue, who I'm not familiar with, really, to be honest with you. And the third was um, Alabama's own Jawan Garrison, who is an absolute terror at 181 and 198. That yeah. guy is a fucking sledgehammer. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was just really, really cool. And in 2022, you know, his top three in dots in the world, and that was really fucking cool. Yeah. And that was uh, by WRPF, too. Right. So that's not um, – of course, they wouldn't be because – I mean, their their dots just wouldn't be as good because they don't lift as much. But that's not including like IPF lifters, yeah, you know, stuff like that. But uh, but I thought that was really cool because uh, I haven't really met him personally or talked, but we have been each other's peer uh, in the in the coaching uh, in the coaching realm and uh, and everything else. He's been around a lot of meets that I've been at, and he uh, seems like a really nice guy. I know that he used to train at Ron's gym, mm -hmm. um, so I just you know he's kind of the right now, especially with Perseus being out of. Uh, 
of powerlifting. Him and uh, Jawan and uh, Ron and Jonathan Oldham, to me, those are kind of the hometown heroes. Yeah. So I thought it was a big deal, and I thought that was really, really cool. Third in the world is insane. For 2022. But still. I mean, it's Not all time, sure. But still, even even for a year, like if, some, <laughs> if, if someone told me, hey, you're third in the world for this year. And that, and that guy's not doing anything but getting better. I'd be shitting my pants. If you know who's been quiet talking about one of the best in the world is uh, did uh, Yuri Belkin compete at all this year? I think so. I think he posted a recap from a meet. I think, or has he? Has the world finally caught the sport? Uh, the powerlifting world finally caught up with Yuri Belkin. I, I, I mean, I, I he's been very <laughs> inactive on social media. He used to post on Instagram all the time, and I, I know I saw a, a couple posts of him recently. And what's sad is, and I mean, and it's it's nuts. Eight hundred pound deadlifts. You know, that's nuts. nuts. But with people running around, Derek Thistleweight nine hundred three in competition, uh, eight seventy squat. Um, Dan Bell's nine hundred plus pound deadlift and eleven hundred pound squat. Uh, John Hack can name his number. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dan Grigsby can name his number. <laughs> like, like there's Dan Grigsby. There, are, you know, there are literally. Yeah. I mean, you know, there's twenty five people, thirty people, fifty people, maybe Jamal they pull Browner. over. The, yeah, they pull over nine hundred pounds now. Yeah, it's and like, there's a half dozen that pull over a thousand consistently. Yeah. So I mean, maybe it did surpass him a little bit. I don't know, but and that, uh, that maybe why he's that used to be of, who everybody talked about being the you know dethroning Eddie Cohen is the greatest of all time, and I think he's probably pretty far down the list now. Yeah. I, I mean, obviously, you just said John Hack by Dot. So I mean, yeah. I, I've always thought. For the longest time, ever since I started following John Hack, I was like, this guy, he's, oh, he's probably the best. He, like, he's, he's a just, monster. Just and the biggest thing with him is, uh, boy, it, so, it sounds so stupid saying what I'm about to say. <laughs> but, I mean, he can name his number on deadlift. He's a conventional puller, which is wild because there seems to be definitely sumo guys have passed, mm-hmm. you know, passed him for sure. Um, but his squat is, I mean, it's not average. It's well, yeah. you know, it's it's an elite squat. But it's his bench press. Everybody wants yeah. to talk about his deadlift, but he's he's bench he, pressing six hundred pounds, one ninety eight or two twenty, whatever he is now, and he has a six hundred pound bench press. Like, like that is a that is an equalizer that heavyweights don't have a six hundred pound bench yeah. press. I mean, that's that's wild. <laughs> I mean, that's that's really really wild. I mean, it just, it's um, just hard to hard to touch that. It like, is, you know, I, I definitely. I have a preference for saying the biggest total is the best in the world, in my opinion. So I kind of always look to Dan Bell. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, by Dots, by Wilkes, whatever you want to measure, I mean, it's John Hack. Yeah. It just, is. I mean, just for his size and his strength, it's insane. It is, absolutely. Um, but the hometown hero, Jawan Garrison, top three in the world in 2022 in Dots by WRPF standards. So one day um, we'll be popular enough to have him on. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> that would be. I do think he's moving out of the state, though. I'm not ah. sure. I'm not sure where or if he's even moved yet. But, uh, but you know, he trained down there at Maverick Barbell for a long time, and I think he trains in his apartment now. But uh, really, yeah, he has a little home gym set up. But man, disgustingly strong. <laughs> Just it's it's absurd how strong that guy is. But gym uh, songs, you got any PRs? Oh yeah, absolutely. I uh, I kind of forgot about this segment. For the first time ever. The the guy who made up the whole segment. 
It is what it is. Um, um, I want to uh, go ahead and say there's there's one that we should have had on there a long time ago. Okay. And that is Pursuit of Power by Shiva. Oh, yeah. You're about that one. I like that one, too. It's a good song. That song um, rip. It's not currently on any gym playlist of mine, which is probably... That's sad. Uh, That's sad. It, it, prob- it probably is a little sad. Yeah, that honestly. song is so good. <clears throat> um, what else you got? Uh, let's see. I'm gonna be I'm gonna be a, a a loser and just go more Shiva, but God Complex by Shiva. That's really sounds like you're too. on a kick right now. I kind of I kind of put them on and just let it play through all their songs, and I was like, damn, these guys are good. I hear you. I just for, I'll do that. I'll like listen to a band like front to back for a whole gym session. And then I'll like, man, why did I stop listening? And I'll go in the next thing, like, come on. There's only one band I do that with, and most of the time it's on a deadlift day, and that's the Acacia Strain. That's fair. Um, I like that, uh, especially the, I like most of their stuff, but uh, they just have a pace about them that just fit deadlifts well, because they're not just blaringly fast like a lot of things mm-hmm. we listen to. Um, they're not, it's not slow paced either, but it's just a definitely, definite, just not a happy pace. That's a bad word, but it's, <laughs> But it's a it's a kind of a medium pace, and it's just brutal because of that. And it just fits the deadlift game yeah. really well, in my opinion. And it just hammers your face in. It does. It <laughs> so does. Um, so those are your two. Yeah, those are my two. So I have. Uh, I think I have. I think I have three. Um, and with two of them, I'm, I'm taking it back uh, a long time. Uh, but I'm going to go uh, "Ashes in Your Mouth" by Megadeth. All right. Um, that song fucking rips. It's not going to be everybody's cup of tea. Uh, it's definitely 80s thrash. Um, Dave Mustaine gets on people's nerves. He gets on. And I get it. But, uh, <laughs> but that song absolutely rips. Uh, second one's another, so second time I've named this band. But it's a cover. Um, but it's Metallica's cover of Am I Evil, which is originally a, uh, a, diamond, a diamond Head song. Diamond Head. Yeah. Um, and it's immaculate. Yeah. That song is fucking awesome. <laughs> um, and it also sticks to my theme of being loosely satanic. <laughs> um, and then uh, I'm going to give a total of four. Uh, one that I listened to today when I was squatting um, and I kind of forgot about it. Um, also kind of satanic is uh, Black Valor by uh, the Black Dahlia Murder. Yep. It's fucking awesome. Um, I can listen to just about banger. all of their albums front to back. That album in particular is Deflorates. Deflorates good. Is, that's that's that album and it's, and it's it's really really good. That's Noctur- a, I think Nocturnal was the first one I listened to. Yeah, it's good I just too. Fell in love with it. Yeah, um, Deflorates the first one with Ryan not playing guitar on it. And it's just like a notch above <laughs> everything previously. I like Nocturnal a lot too, but it just rips. And then I'm going to be a boneheaded Neanderthal and pick a hardcore song. Um, uh, let me find out this actual one second. Uh, Looking down the barrel of today by Hatebreed, uh, fucking rips, and that's my that's my final one. So, uh, um, yeah, four. So, looking down a barrel of today uh, by Hatebreed, Am I Evil by Metallica, uh, Black Valor by the Black Dolly Murderer, and uh, Ashes in Your Mouth by Megadeth. Solid list. It, it is a solid list. Yeah, and I. Uh, I will listen to some old thrash. Yeah. It's important to not forget your roots. Right. And uh, so there will always be like Metallica and Megadeth are always going to be two that could end up on my list. Metallica, Slayer, Mm -hmm. and Anthrax for me. 
Uh, Anthrax's Evil Twin is off a newer record. Yeah. Uh, just fucking rips. <laughs> That's all awesome. I remember when it came um, out, my brother sent it to me and he was like, dude, you got to check this out. This is really good. <laughs> yeah, that, riff, that riff is awesome. And then, uh, I mean, I'm, I'm a big Slayer fan, but I think my wife's probably a bigger Slayer fan than yeah. I am. Um, uh, it could start, everything from that era could start and end with Metallica and Megadeth and I would be happy. Uh, but that being said, you know, huge Slayer fan. Um, probably a little less so Anthrax, but the big four, yeah. Can't go wrong with the big four. I could honestly make a whole playlist dedicated to Pantera too, if you want yeah. to get, I mean, get honestly, that. Pantera <laughs> is like Pantera is one of those bands that a lot of people have started just recently making fun of because they're hardcore, you know. Yeah. But it's like, nah, they were they were before the hardcore scene. They were. I know a lot of hardcore boys that like them. Yeah, a lot of hardcore fans like them. And in my old age, I like hardcore more than I used to. Yeah, I catch myself listening to like. Uh, Knocked Loose, Terror, uh, Hatebreed, um, Kublai Khan is uh, a hardcore band I like a lot right now. Um, so, I mean, I listen to way more hardcore than I used to, but always will be a metalhead first. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Absolutely. So, Meat and Potatoes of the podcast. So, we were going to talk about uh, the history, how we started, all that good stuff. Um, do you want to start or you want me to start? Uh, you can start uh, guide, guide me through this a little bit and how you want to do it. So, right. so. <laughs> I got you. So what I'm going to talk about first is kind of like the what kind of pushed me into getting into the gym. So as with, I would probably say a large majority of young men, I think I was 18. I had, I had no interest prior in the gym at all. I didn't really, I, I sat around and played video games. I ate Taco Bell and they didn't care. I never gained weight. I yeah. had a good metabolism. I was like, what's the point? Why would I go to the gym? I'm skinny. Uh, I had a pretty bad breakup uh, and it kind of put me in this, well, I'm going to show them. I'm going to show them all. I'm going to show them all. You know? <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to go to the gym and I'm going to get jacked. And that was, I was like, I want... And, you know, I've, we've said this several times, you know, my aspirations was to look like Batman. Like that was, I, was like, I want to look so jacked that it looks like I can break people in half. And I knew very little. <laughs> I knew so little. I was on, uh, I was on bodybuilding.com, you know, like looking all their templates and stuff. I was, I was cheap and poor. I didn't want to hire a coach, which biggest regret ever was not hiring a coach soon enough because looking back, I had enough disposable income as a, as a kid working full time, still living at home to hire a coach that could have put me in the right direction. But sure. Um, a lot of us don't know that you can't even can do that. That's gym, true. I mean, when you first get started, unless you go to a gym that offers it to you, like when you sign up, but I was just, I was just like, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna do all the stuff. I didn't know what I was doing. I mean, I went in there. I was squatting on the Smith machine. Like I was benching 25 on each side and struggling with it. And like, you know, it was. I was deadlifting horribly. You know, like, but that's what the program that Bodybuilding.com said to do. So that's what I did. Rough. And uh, so a lot of a lot of that uh, started. Because of a breakup. Yeah. And I I knew that I wanted to stick with it. 
And that was the only thing. I kept going back. I was like, I don't really like this, but I like the thought of the end result. So I'm going to keep going. And I kept going and I kept going and I kept going. And eventually, kind of just started to like it, which is, which is funny because, uh, you know, you, do you remember Bishop? Yeah. He's in that same boat. Like when he first started, he was like, I don't, it was because of a breakup was when he really started getting in the gym. He was like, I don't really like it, but I'm going to do it because I know I need to lose weight. About two or three months ago, he was like, I just really like going to the gym. And it's kind of, it's kind of like, it's one of those things that it's kind of like, man, I'm, I'm seeing this, what I saw. I wish I had, would have had what you have because you have me to talk to yeah. to fix things, but I didn't have that um, when I first started. So it's, it's kind of like a cool thing. Um, but that's really kind of like what got me started in the gym was just bad breakup. What got you started? Um, I was actually older. Actually, I kind of had a separate experience. Uh, you know, I had, well, I had anorexia when I was uh, a teenager. Um, I don't remember ever really coming out of that, but I had about a uh, about a year stint in high school where I was trying to go to the gym and really had no guidance. Mm-hmm. And uh, because I was already already playing music professionally, had band practice and school and worked and everything like that, it kind of just dropped by the wayside, and I just kind of let it go and just didn't do it. Um, so it was actually, before I actually got serious about it, I was, uh, well into college. Um, I was in my final semester at Wallace and, uh, I, uh, was a smoker, was a borderline alcoholic, um, busy college kid, you know, worked full time, went to school full time. Um, a lot of things going against me, but I remember, um, being in a building there and I don't remember what building at Wallace it was, but. I remember uh, walking up a flight of stairs and they were segmented, right? So you walked up to a platform mm-hmm. and then they turned around and yeah. went, and I got up the first platform and I was like, God damn, I need a cigarette. I couldn't, I couldn't breathe. Like, you know what I mean? My first, and my yeah. first uh, thought was I need a cigarette. <laughs> and uh, that like set with me for a while, um, really kind of disturbed me in a way. And then uh, went on about my day and didn't think about it for several more months. But then I got to feeling like shit um, one day, didn't really know why, and uh, happened to stop at one of those blood pressure kiosks at like Walmart mm-hmm. or we didn't have a Publix back then. So it was like Walmart or Kmart or Walgreens or, you know, some my shit like that. CBS. And my blood pressure was like, I'm 22 or 23 and my blood pressure was like 160 over 110. And at that time I was a little smaller than I am now. But it was all fat. Um, I weighed about 260 pounds. Fat, fucking miserable. And I'm like, I saw that and I was like, holy fuck, I'm going to fucking die. Right. And uh, uh, to be completely honest, probably a couple months, more months passed. And uh, I went to, uh, I'm not a video game player, but a good friend of mine who we hope to have on the podcast, Stephen Barnett, always been built like a brick shit house, man. I mean, he's like, Always been a fit guy. Um, he's always been somebody I looked up to. Uh, but he and I went and watched uh, the St. Louis Philharmonic play um, the entire score of all the Final Fantasy games. Um, me and him and his dad went. And uh, I just, for whatever reason, felt compelled to kind of start talking to Stephen about fitness and what he did and how he did it and everything like that. And there's this big, strong dude I looked up to. Is really important at the time of the music scene, uh, semi-professional wrestler, super athletic guy. 
And uh, I kind of just hung on to every word he said. Like, you know, I listened to everything, everything he said. And I was like, fuck, I can, I don't think that, I'm not sure that I can do this, but I know for a fact that I need to do this. Because this, just that night with him and his dad, um, at the time, despite his athleticism, uh, Stephen was still a smoker. His dad was a smoker. I was a smoker and we all drank like fish. So, um, you know, we're out in St. Louis getting hammered and drawing down cigarettes, you know, as fast as we can drink a drink, we're, we're smoking a cigarette. Right. So, um, but Steven kind of stuck with me. And then, uh, a couple of nights later, my little brother was in the military at the time and, uh, I talked to him on the phone and he was like, he had gotten in shape to go into the military and stayed in shape because of the military initially and then he that was where his that was his introduction to fitness Mm -hmm. and uh he was like man you know for what you're doing for what you need to do because of your blood pressure because of your fitness level being zero he was like you should really try crossfit and uh i didn't know what the fuck crossfit (laughs) was um but another guy that's really really close to me also i met in the music scene dakota aaron who will always be i credit dakota and shea butts Unfortunately, Shay's no longer with us, but I, I credit Dakota and Shay, Shay Butts for saving my life because they were the original founders of CrossFit 256. And in the beginning of that, when I started working out with Dakota, we worked out in the back of Health Fit and like the functional training area. And we worked out at uh, Holly Pond High School's track. And uh, I remember my first workout with him. I didn't drink any water. I slammed a couple of Slim Jims and some Diet Mountain Dew. <laughs> and uh, on my way home, I puked every bit of that shit up. And I was, I, I had some like, you know, it's, it's cross-training. So I had some like body weight squats and push-ups and like in between you like ran a lap around the track. Yeah. And it about fucking killed me. And uh, I was hooked. And it wasn't necessarily CrossFit. I, I would learn later, but it was just... That dopamine dump, those endorphins, everything like that. I was like, fuck, I like this. I can do this. Went home, really enthusiastic. Talked to, uh, we wasn't married at the time, but talked to Sandy about it. And she's like, you know what? I'll do it too. And uh, we just stayed with Dakota and Shay through the inception of CrossFit 256. And uh, and uh, that was how I got started. So well, that's, that's a good story. Yeah. I, did, I didn't know about the... Puking up Slim Jim's part. That's yeah, I was a dumbass. <laughs> like, he's like, you need to hydrate. Make sure you eat something. And my go-to was like, oh, I'll just chug a couple of 20-ounce Diamond Mountain Dews and, and some Slim Jim. Um, and that was a fucking mistake, bud. <laughs> well, I guess you learned by fire, right? Yeah, puking that shit up wasn't fun. Oh, I imagine it was And awful. I was a dumbass, too. And anybody that's ever done something really intense like CrossFit will tell you this. You sit down in your truck or car automatically and you jack the air conditioner up and roll up the windows. That's a recipe for puking. Oh, really? You just need to roll them windows down, cruise it at whatever temperature it is outside for a little <laughs> while because that's a shock. Yeah. And uh, between that and my poor diet choices, it, I just got so sick on the way home. Mm. Puked all that shit up. So that's how I got started. That's cool. So I guess next we'll go into like, uh, for me, uh, kind of just like when I when I got started, you know, I was doing all these things that I I didn't really know anything. Um, and I was doing that for probably, let's see, when did I join Anytime Fitness? I don't remember. I think you were there before I, I started. I was. It I was, started in December of 2017. So. It was, you remember when they opened? I think it was 2015 or 2016. I don't remember. 2015, I think. 2015-ish. So that's, when, what, 
when I left Health Fit, because I worked out at Health Fit too for a, a good bit, and that place we'll just not talk about it because it was a a hive of scum and villainy, <laughs> a breeding pool of disgust. I don't, I don't know how else to put it, to be honest. But anyway, um, so I joined Anytime Fitness. I was noticeably different than when I first started, but also I was always like 180 pounds. Yeah. Like I, I was always 170, 180 pounds. I could never gain weight. I didn't know why. I did everything I thought I was supposed to do, which was chicken, broccoli, and rice. And I uh, that's not fucking very good for somebody who weighs 170 pounds. Yeah. <laughs> I was like chicken, broccoli, and rice, and salads, and like trying to eat healthy. You know, that's what you're supposed to do, you know, to be strong and healthy, right? You're just supposed to eat. And I, did, I didn't know any better. I really didn't. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's the way most of us should be eating. Yeah. But, Little did I know, because my metabolism was so high, I was just burning through all that. I wasn't getting any stronger. I wasn't putting on any muscle. I was just maintaining what I had and being a pretty low body fat percentage. I mean, I was. I never, I never got fully like developed abs, but it was getting pretty close at my leanest, which was like one seventy eight or one seventy nine or something like that. It was, it was close enough to just say one eighty. Um, and, you know, I loved going to the gym so much that it was a detriment to my relationship at the time. Um, I had convinced her to start going and she went with me somewhat. You know, it was it was more often than not, but not all the time. Um, but it, it wasn't her thing. It really wasn't her thing. And I can I can say that with 100 percent, you know. It, she would only go to be with me. She didn't give a shit about the gym. Right. Um, so it was, well, it was like 20, 2017, 2018 when you started. 27, December 2017. So, so yeah. So yeah. it was, it was probably around 2018 when I first got introduced to you. Um, and I was still with her at the time. And we, we had talked briefly about powerlifting and I didn't know anything about it. And you were like, you should join our powerlifting group. And I was like, I don't know anything about this. Why would I join a powerlifting <laughs> group? You know, he was like, well, you do some barbell stuff. You squat bench deadlift. You can be a powerlifter. That's all you got to do. And I was like, uh, I don't know. I'll think about it. And then one day I was just like, I'll just go ahead and join. It was just a Facebook group. If you remember yeah. that. And, uh, Started looking at it and I was like, oh, this is this is kind of cool. You know, I, I liked it and um, started, you know, looking into it. At the same time, the John, who I will not mention his last name, was also trying to get me to start bodybuilding. And I don't th I don't know if I ever told you that, but he was like just absolutely shit bashing powerlifting because he was like there. You want to get fat and strong or do you want to look like. Um, I can't remember exactly what he said, but it was some, someone's statue, like the, what, what is the most common Adonis or somebody like that? <sighs> I, Greek statue though. So it, yeah. Jack Greek statue. Yeah. They're yeah. all the I fucking same. <laughs> <laughs> they really all do look the same. Anyway, basically he was 
trying to make it seem like bodybuilding was just a superior thing. Side note, I, I physically had to remove him from that gym <laughs> on his on his departure. I, so he got he got all the he got all his fat power lifter he needed <laughs> on, on his way out as the fat power lifter carried him out of there. Yeah. <laughs> which is which is a, another story entirely for yeah, another day. But uh but yeah, so that's and it was kind of like they were trying to pull me in both ways and but it was interesting because even at the time when he said that, I was like, well, I'd rather just be fucking strong. And I didn't, I wasn't, I was far away from being a fat, strong person. You know, I was, I was still, I wasn't like crazy strong. I had a good bench press, but I wasn't like strong and I was thin. You know, I was like, you, that was just my body type. And, but at any rate, I was just like, yeah, I just want to be strong. I don't, and he was like, well, then, Eat a bunch of fucking cheeseburgers from McDonald's. I was like, I hate McDonald's. Why do you? I don't, I don't, I don't even like McDonald's. <laughs> but um, anyway, that was it. Was kind of like my my start into powerlifting was just kind of getting getting to know you, and then the dogs just just must have heard that. Welcome to our special guests, uh, uh, Lily and uh, Tinley, probably. <laughs> uh, but anyway, I was talking about powerlifting and. Yeah. So fast forward a little bit. I was that was kind of like my introduction to you, and I didn't I didn't know you that well, but uh, we talked a little bit here and there, and uh, so it was I believe 2019. I think it was close to the the middle. It was like July of 2019, and I I had been married, and it was. On our anniversary, that my ex decided that she no longer wanted to be with me, and she told me that, and it was really, really hard, and it was it broke me. Really, like I, I didn't, I couldn't function, and at the time, I felt like there was nothing worth anything. In spite of all that, I still went to the gym because it was one of my happy places. You know, I would, I would, my whole cycle during this. It was probably like a f several month period was go to work, go to the gym, go home. And that was it. And the only time I had any interaction with people was at the gym. Um, there were, and I, don't, I didn't mean to take it down this road, but there were a lot of times where I thought about killing myself yeah. because I, I, I was so broken and so devastated. And I just didn't know, understand how someone I trusted so much could just hurt you so badly. And it was, it was a couple weeks or maybe a month after. And I started, I, I came to you. I actually got into the trainer's office and I was like, I, I don't know what I need to do. I don't know what it's going to take, but just tell me what to do so I can, you know, get strong and get huge. Cause I'm not, I'm obviously not doing something right. I need to change. I need some, something because my life is in shambles. And I told, I remember telling you that, uh, we were, we were getting, uh, well, we were separating at the time. And, uh, I remember specifically, and I think I mentioned this last time that you took me to go get food, just like immediately, you're just like, we're going to go get some food. And we went, we got food and we sat down and we talked about uh, a plan a little bit. And you said, I'm just going to write you, I'm just going to give you a plan and I'm not charging anything and just, you know, let me know how it goes, basically. And I, I started it 
And that is when I started powerlifting. Yeah, I, mean, was, I, I, rem- I remember that pretty well. That's uh, some parallels because that was a rough year for me, for sure, mm-hmm. for a lot of different reasons. But uh, but your introduction, to, I guess you can go through a little bit of your CrossFit and then introduction. Yeah, so um, on and off, and we'll need to tag him because he's a dear friend of mine, and I'd like I'd like to I'd like to him to listen to this uh, just so he knows you know partially what he means to me. But um, I already mentioned Dakota and Shay. So um, about the time I start that, me and Sandy moved to Athens. Um, Still trying to go to CrossFit 256 about once a week mm-hmm. uh, just to be with our gym family, stuff like that. Uh, but by and large, uh, I'm in a situation at this point where um, CrossFit implements aren't available to me, but I had a really awesome – I went to UNA, and we had a really awesome student center gym. Um, and it's just, a, you know, what you would probably describe as a commercial gym now. But that was my introduction uh, to strength training. And one of my fellow classmates who ended up being a really good friend of mine and ended up being my roommate, too, uh, when I moved to Philadelphia, uh, Jake Woods, said, you know what, man, I'll do this shit with you. So he started dabbling in CrossFit in his spare time. But most of our workouts were we would run as far as we could on the treadmill and then we would go strength train to the best of our ability in the student center gym right there. Afterwards, we'd grab a protein shake or about to eat and we did that between classes all the time. Now the bad habit I had was whenever we got done working out, we were in a pretty bad habit of going, just getting shit canned before our, the late night classes. Um, but uh, we, show, we I showed up to more classes drunk than, than I cared to admit to my college career. Um, but, uh, but yeah, me and him just uh, really spent a lot of time together and dedicated ourselves to the gym. And despite my shitty diet and drinking habits, because I was so sedentary for so long between that and CrossFit, I um, really started uh, changing. You know, I started putting on some muscle. Uh, uh, it wasn't losing a ton of weight, but I slimmed down. Uh, I went from about 265 to probably low 240s. Um, so I lost, you know, 20 pounds or so. And, uh, you know, that that went down for, uh, for a while. Uh, through my entire experience at UNA, I'm splitting time between CrossFit 256 and uh, and uh, the student center gym there at UNA and uh, just kind of doing the best I could with it. But I did it every day. I never quit. You know, it was, it's my day to work out. I got to go work out. That's what I'm doing. Um, that led to me and Sandy investing uh, in a squat rack that we kept in our spare, spare bedroom at our apartment. And um, I knew I was kind of weak. So I just started. It wasn't because um it wasn't because I wanted to be a powerlifter, but I basically just started working on squat bench and deadlift, overhead press and power cleans in my apartment because well, hell, that, because of my introduction to CrossFit, that's kind of all I knew. Right. So you know, it was front squat, back squat, deadlift, power clean, a couple of different types of presses. And, uh, you know, didn't really know what accessory work was at that point, but we'd do like a little bodyweight Metcon. We might go to the Athens Park and run a lap and do some push-ups or – take a jump rope or whatever it was. So me and Sandy did that. And then we dedicated ourselves to uh, the paleo diet and things really started kind of clicking for me. So uh, fast forward to my senior year and I have to go, um, this would have been fall of 2013 going into the spring of 2014. Um, I find out that I got, a, let's say I awarded an internship at Relapse Records, the heavy, heavy metal record label in uh, Upper Darby, Pennsylvania. Find out about that just a week before Christmas. Um, found out I'm going to be moving, you know, January 1 
mm-hmm. um, to uh, a brand new state, brand new city. Didn't have anybody to go with. My buddy Jake Woods, who I've been working out with this whole time, said, fuck it, I found an internship up there too, I guess we're moving to Philadelphia. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> sold everything I owned with the exception of my music equipment. And uh, me, and, me and Jake hit the old dusty trail and uh, went up there. And then my first introduction to really powerlifting, bodybuilding, a real gym, I'm not disparaging CrossFit, but the whole time we were working up out there, we, we worked at a little 24-7 gym um, in the city center, uh, probably 10 blocks from our house or so. Uh, there were some former IFBB pros um, that owned it. They were super nice guys, super jacked. There's huge dudes. And everybody that came in that gym, they were just happy to see. So they were just so – they didn't care. I, I couldn't bench press two plates and – or anything else, they were just they were happy to see us every every time we came in there, and those guys were so encouraging. So um, Jake, through his research, um, we were always on YouTube back back in those days. He found Elliot Hulse, and we wasn't really doing CrossFit, so um, Elliot Hulse had a whole video talking about squats and milk. It's like, hey, do this, you know, you'll get fucking strong. And uh, me and Jake said. Hey, well, we can we can do this. We can do a set of twenty. At the time, I had a good motor because we had done. I've been doing CrossFit, so like set of twenty then wasn't near as bad as set of twenty is to me now. So we did that, and uh, we got a lot stronger. Um, and I don't remember what our numbers were. They were modest, I'm sure. I'm, I might have been able to squat three fifteen coming off of that or whatever. Um, but uh, we did that the whole time. I lived in Philadelphia, worked out there, had a good time, uh, spent a lot of time together. And then um, when I got home, uh, I moved back to Coleman, moved in with Sandy's parents for a little while before we bought a house, and then uh, just started working out at CrossFit 256. And uh, that led to me being a CrossFit coach and kind of put a pause on strength-specific sports for a little while. So that's the the next part of my story. So. I think you can go ahead because can go ahead and elaborate? Yeah, go ahead and like I probably have a longer story. Than you, you do have a lot longer. Mine, um, mine's pretty, pretty so, simple. So yeah, I got got in the CrossFit realm, and I just never had a motor. I mean, I'm a bigger dude, and like by all means, like conditioning was coming easier to me because I was doing it so much. Um, but at that time, coming back from Philadelphia, what I discovered is all that bodybuilding and powerlifting stuff. I didn't even know that that's what it was called at the time, but all the strength training stuff that I was doing really paid dividends when I got back to CrossFit because all of a sudden I can do weight that's prescribed in the workout. I can power clean a little bit more than most of my peers was started becoming like not elite in terms of strength, but one of the better ones in terms of strength at the gym. And, uh, and uh, just c- kind of kept riding with that. And I always tried to make time for um, for the strength side of things and not just doing what was on the board. Mm-hmm. So, you know, CrossFit is on the board. It might say run 5K. The next day it might say find a one rep max overhead squat. You, I mean, it's anything, right? So, but every day I decided to start dedicating myself a little bit more to strength. Uh, went to uh, CrossFit Mayhem, got CrossFit certified, started coaching classes. And... Um, that went on for a while and I started all the while I'm getting more and more involved in the programming side of strength stuff. And it was a lot of just copying other people at this point, but I'm starting to experiment with like um, the Texas method, um, Windler 531, squats and milk was always a staple. I use an Olympic program called hatch squat, which is really for 
front squat, back squat, and overhead press. Um, started messing around with that stuff a lot. Um, and I really, especially in my deadlift, um, I really started separating myself from everybody but about a half dozen guys. You know what I mean? About a half dozen of us starting to develop some some decent strength. Um, and uh, anyway, my wife, Tam Strong, uh, and another girl who used to, uh, who was the second owner of CrossFit 256. This is after Dakota had left. Actually, she would have been the third owner. Um, decided they wanted to do a powerlifting meet. And because I was the only person that understood how to set up a powerlifting program, they were like, we need you to program this. Well, I did. And everybody went and won. <laughs> and there was another, there was a guy that's a good friend of mine still, uh, Gage Day, that uh, was just, at the time, he to me, he was just enormously strong. He uh, went on, he was actually, it was Austin and Curtis's first meet too. Oh, yeah. um, but uh, Gage went on a squat 500, had like a 340 pound bench press and deadlifted like high fours. So, I mean, they were, Modest to us now, but in the world of CrossFit, that was like, this guy's fucking strong. Right. You know what I mean? Like, nobody was doing – had a 500-pound back squat at my gym. You know what I mean? So, I think before Gage, I was probably the best squatter in it. Well, other than Adam Campbell, but he he was kind of in between. He was a different owner. But who's responsible for me getting into this a lot, too, because he kind of got into powerlifting a little bit before I did. But, um, you know, other, other than Adam, who's just enormously strong, I was kind of – leading the way on those three things. So I said, you know what? I kind of, I kind of like this. I'm going to start doing this and uh, started programming myself and slowly started making my way away from CrossFit little by little. And then I started kind of discovering some imbalances created by CrossFit also created by the fact that, you know, we really wasn't doing accessory work. We were just going there doing our CrossFit Metcon and afterwards we were doing our barbell and and that was it. So I kind of started messing around with, you know, how can I do lat pull downs? How can I do this? How can I do that or whatever? How can I get better at these lifts? And uh, it led to uh, a street a street specific class, and then uh, that was really kind of successful for a little while. Had a lot of people in it, and then uh, ultimately led to me programming all the metcons for the gym. Uh, I had a strength bias, but it was a weak gym. Like when they would go to competitions, they would get beat on like the clean and jerk ladder. You know, the winner would clean and jerk 325 pounds. Our guys would clean and jerk 225 pounds. They were blowing them away on runs and stuff like that, but they'd get the strength stuff and they'd just get dusted. So I started programming CrossFit Metcons with a strength bias and uh, got more involved in coaching. And it just, that gym in particular was a very, um, had a very attaboy mentality. Like everybody's doing good. You're doing great. Um, but there was never any criticism. There was never like, hey, you could do this better, how hey, you could do that better. So when I started taking this stuff really seriously, I wanted to start breaking down people's squat and be like, hey, let's fix this. Let's do this. Or when somebody snatched or clean and jerk, I was like, hey, we can we can do this better. Can we break this down? And because of the culture they had built, people took offense to it. Like bad offense to it. It's not me being an asshole. It was me being like, we can make the whole gym better if we do this. And that ultimately led to me getting kicked out of that gym. So, um, and then I shopped around for a little while, uh, ended up working out at Anytime Fitness, probably August or September before I got hired there. And, uh, that was my complete transition into powerlifting. So that was, that was about the time where my story left off. 
Um, a, little, a little after that, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so I guess really what happened after I had talked to you, I started that program that you gave me. I can't remember. I know it was one that you wrote for one of your other clients, but to me, it, it didn't matter. It was something. Yeah. Um, I actually think it was, uh, to be honest with you, I think it was uh, my pirated, hacked up, butchered version of Shaco. <laughs> it may have been. <laughs> but I know I had one of the red, the, green, and blue spreadsheet. I had one of those. I don't know if that was the first one, but I definitely did have that one at some point. Um, but either way, it, it didn't matter. It just it just mattered that I had something. I had something to work towards. And, uh, you told me, you know, hey, you're, I mean, you probably, you might not have said it this bluntly, but you're like, you're skinny. You know, you, if, if you want to get stronger, you're going to have to eat more. And that was the first time anyone had, well, I mean, other than people ridiculing me. Yeah. Uh, it was the first time. Positive criticism. Yeah. It was the first time from someone who knew what they were talking about, basically saying, Hey, you need to eat some more food. You know, it's like, Okay. I was like, I can do that. I was like, what do I need to eat? And he's like, well, how big do you want to get? So so I, I remember the first time I think I took a picture. I had like 10 massive plates of food that I had meal prepped. And I was just like, this is the beginning. Uh, I was 180, 190 when I started. Uh, it, it didn't take long at all. When I started eating and I started following your programming, it was like, all of my uh, barbell stuff shot through the roof. Um, I was gaining weight super fast. Uh, I think I I think I went from from 180 to like 210 in months. Like it did not take long at all. And it was it was the 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 craziest part of it was that was at the time that was a natural. Like I was, I wasn't taking anything except some supplements from Redcon One. Food and hard work. Food <laughs> and just what you program me. And it was, I I remember specifically my squat got tons better because I was I was squatting my bench press. I, I remember you. Uh, I actually think I remember you hitting like two ninety five for one on like one on bench, and you squatting only like two. Yeah, I, like it was like I think literally it was 285 like, for two. It was literally like, you know, they were within pounds of each other and only like a rep or two different. Yeah, yeah. And I, I was... But you had a big bench, to be honest. You I, really I mean, tried up to a big bench. It's, it's probably because I love bench press and I love doing all the upper body work. Yeah. That was just like, I loved it. Bicep curls, triceps. Yeah, you always had massive arms as long as I knew you. Yeah, you know, even, even skinny, I you could see that like, my arms looked like nothing. I, and I... I you know, there's a lot of kids like that who are real skinny, but when they flex, you see their bicep popping. It's like, where did that come from? <laughs> like, and I was one of those kids. Um, but anyway, it was it was a huge, huge. You know, I I put 300 pounds on my total. You know, in three months, like it it was. Yeah, probably sub thousand to what you ended up totaling in in, in the, that first meet. And the meet was. Uh, f- 385 squat, 385 squat, 325 bench, and a 535 deadlift. And that was coming from a a 295 bench, a 285 squat, and a 385 deadlift. Yeah, I remember the first time you pulled 400 because it was a mock meet, huh? So it was, it was, maybe it's 455. 
450, I failed 455 at the very, no, it was 475. I failed at the very top. It ripped my hand open. And that was, that was kind of like my, and like, welcome to powerlifting, right? It just, just get kicked in my ass. <laughs> I mean, it was a good day and I had fun. Um, but it was, you know, just, I remember that callus just completely ripped off, took the bar, the barbell took the, the callus and it was just blood. And I was just like, I, I remember looking at it, I was like, I'm going to take a picture of this so I remember like this. the pride you feel when you rip your hand. <laughs> I don't it sucks ass, but it it's does, like, but I worked, like, yeah. like there was so much weight that it literally ripped the skin off of my hand. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of, it is kind of a weird, well, weird prod thing. You don't want to do it, especially in prep. Yeah. You don't want to have a, you don't want to have a hand tear, but it is, uh, it is funny how, what we think is cool. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, but uh going going back a little bit before before the meet we had the mock meet and really what got me was just the community because we had a really good community at one point and it was it was super healthy everyone was very supportive and it didn't matter what you were doing as long as you were trying and you were you know they were always there to help you and give you good feedback and you know it just it just i fell in love with it because it felt like i was home like it felt like a second home to me. Yeah, same. I don't understand that. And it was that that's what really and I was like, man, is is all of powerlifting like this? And I, eventually I found out not all of it is like this, but powerlifting in general is a really supportive sport. Yeah, I mean, we talked about that on our rivalry episode. I mean, you don't want the worst out of that. You want that guy's best. Yeah. You want to support him because you want to beat his best supported effort. <laughs> yeah. Like, um, yeah. I mean, I've never seen I mean I've seen it get a little chippy. Um but all hugs and laughs after, yeah. you know, when the when the meet was over. Even um, and, and I talked. I think I, I may have mentioned it. The <clears> the one kid that was in the closest competition I had at the last meet, you know, even though it was a little chippy and stuff and warm daring, yeah, you know, at the end of it, I was like, "Hey, dude, you're fucking strong. Good job today." And he was like, "You too, man." We shook hands and like it. It wasn't. You know, there was no, no, no malicious, nothing no, like that. And that's, that's one of the things that I really like about the sport. And that's the reason why I've stayed in it for so long. I mean, I, I love being strong and I, yeah. you know, going back earlier to the episode, that's, you know, a huge thing for me now is like mentally, I have to be strong. If I'm yeah. not strong, what am I? Right. I'm, I'm nothing. So, um, but what was that? I was talking about the prep for the first meet. Um, well, the mock meet, and then I oh, did the mock meet, and you were talking about all the all your girls and you. Well, not all of your girls, but a couple of your girls, and you were doing a meet in March. It was March of twenty or it was February. February. It was February. February of, yeah, February first. Yeah, of twenty twenty. And uh, you said you should go, and I was like, man, I'm so weak. Like I'm not gonna do anything. You were like, don't matter. Just go out there and put a total on the board, and I was like. What have I got to lose? You know, he ended up doing pretty fucking good. <laughs> well, in, in fairness, you know, it was a uh, it was a small meet, but yeah, um, second second biggest deadlift of the day, though, right? Second or third? I know a lot of the big guys missed a, a lot of theirs because they overshot really bad. But um, we we uh, eventually I came to the decision, even though, and the, the biggest thing for me, and it wasn't really even the going part, was the money part. Because, yeah. you know, being recently separated, I inherited all of the bills. Yeah. So I, I had no extra money. And it was, it was kind of like a struggle. It's like, 
man, I don't know where I'm gonna find this money. And I, I decided, you know what? I'll, I'll get my tax money or whatever. I can use some of that to, to pay for it. It'll be fine. And I went ahead and did it. I got the, got my belt and my sleeves and my singlet. And I was really cheap and bought the cheapest stuff I possibly could because I didn't have a lot of money. And I was just like, this is, this is going to have to do. And, uh, it just, it, it's, I look back at it fair, very fondly. Um, just the whole everything, everybody being there. And it was just, it was really, really good for me um, to to actually get to that point, to get to the meat. And I'm, I'll talk about the meat in a minute, but I want you to go ahead and, and catch up. A little yeah. Bit. So, uh, you know, I start working out at any time on my own. I'm pretty much 100 percent in some powerlifting program at this point. Um, probably brought about a probably about a 1200 pound total with me to, to any time. Uh, and it was modest at the time. I'm still squatting high bar. Um, Still not a very good bench presser, especially for my size. Um, but still, you know, about a twelve hundred pound total. Um, and anyway, a little little ways into that, I ended up they call wind. Actually, my my boss at my job I was at was friends with the training manager at any time, and uh, both of them knew I was certified. And she asked me if I wanted to pick up some work part time, and I said yeah. So, you know, I got in it and started training there. Um, a couple months later, got my personal training cert. I had the CrossFit cert, but I went ahead and got my personal trainer cert too. <clears throat> and then, you know, immediately my mind is like, well, now that this is could potentially be a career, like I have to build not necessarily my brand, but I have to build my culture. Um, and it was really important. So like all of a sudden, like I'm, you know, not only is powerlifting just something I do, but now this is, your whole life. Now this is at least at that point, a, a good portion of it. It wasn't my whole life at that point, but uh, I was like, you know, it's time to hire a coach. I hired my first one who I won't mention his name because it wasn't, the, it wasn't the greatest experience. Um, but, you know, I got a little bit stronger, work, you know, working with him and it was a, it was a good experience. And uh, all the while, you know, I'm starting to build clientele um, that are successful at what they're doing. You know, they're losing weight, they're getting stronger, they're doing everything that you want, you know, general fitness stuff at first um, that you want clients to do, you know. And uh, <clears throat> and I'm getting stronger too, like kind of a parallel. So, you know, uh, it came, you know, I kind of had the idea of, you know, any anytime fitness does these boot camps once a month, like why can't we do a, uh, a powerlifting clinic or a powerlifting class once a month? We'll just go over basic rules of the powerlifting meet. We'll uh, talk about basic technique stuff. And basically it'll just be 10 or 15 of us working out together. And uh, I did that and I kind of, the, you know, the place kind of started building, or at least the people that were around me, we kind of started building a culture for that. And it motivated me even more. So I went and uh, after a brief hiatus and, uh, 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 and not, not a hiatus from training, but a hiatus with a coach, I uh, went on and hired Brandon Allen, who, uh, was just a remarkable coach and I learned so much about powerlifting, so much about programming and so much about what I was capable of because that guy would not, I mean, he would, he, Brandon was never a bully. He was always a nice guy. But if you were being a pussy, he'd be like, quit being a pussy. Mm -hmm. Like, um, you know, he pushed me in ways I just didn't think was, I didn't, I didn't know I was capable of those things. Um, and, uh, 
slowly but surely, I kind of start moving more and more of my people toward that. First of all, you know, you, you kind of lead by example, right? They're seeing me do it and they were like, hey, how do you, you know, when I first get up over three plates on bench press, you know, you have more and more people ask you, how'd you do that? Like, mm-hmm. What can I do? Can you help me do that? Can you do this? Can you do that? Um, and, you know, at that time, I, my deadlift was getting pretty big. So people would watch me deadlift in the gym. And they're like, you need to, you know, show me how to do that. What do I need to do? Like, I think I might be interested in powerlifting. So I kind of started building uh, a culture and started building, not necessarily a following because that's unfair because I feel, feel as though those people are my equals. I learned as much from my clients as I did from from myself or anything else I did. But, um, but you know, anyway, I started working with, uh, with Brandon and uh, things started really, really clicking. And <clears throat> for me, that answers my bad year, which you've already kind of alluded to. It's 2019. I had an uncle that was really, really close to me pass away um, in April of uh, of that year. And uh, it's kind of weird to say, but uh, I don't have a whole lot. I didn't have a lot, of, a lot of my family that really believed in me, right? Like, not that they were like ever negative about it, but it was like, you know, growing up playing music for a living, it was always, you're not going to make your living. I ended up, I did make my living for a while doing that, but they were like, you're never going to make a living doing that. You need to go to college for this. And then when I wanted to pursue this thing, it was like, well, you're never going to make a living doing that. You can't do this seriously. Go do this. Or you're going to get hurt lifting heavy weights. Like you're never going to be good at this. That guy was the only guy that was like, fuck yeah, man, do it. You can do it. Like, so that was hard. Uh, and it pissed me off. So, um, at this time I'd already been hanging out with my, uh, my best friend, Justin, uh, for a little while. Justin was enormously strong, uh, due in part by the fact that he was always an athlete, but also he was, you know, he had some rough moments in his life and, you know, without disclosing too much information, he had several years where the only thing he could do was work out. Yeah. <laughs> um, and he was just enormously strong, man. So, you know, if I bench press 315, he was bench pressing 405. If I was deadlifting 500, he was deadlifting six. If I was squatting Four, he was squatting five, you know, the whole time. He's always ahead of me, way more athletic. And he really made me a lot better, um, like a lot better because like uh, a lot like Randy, my uncle, Justin, I mean, me and him's become friends. This guy that's a lot better than me for whatever God, for God forsaken reason, this guy believes in me too. Like, and you know, Sandy always did too. Uh, she, she believed I could do it, but um there is, it's different having some male validation athletically. It's just from an athletic standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, but Justin was like, fuck yeah, man, you can do this. So uh, I'm working out with him. I've got Brandon coaching me. Um, a lot of the good things going for me. And uh, I'm training you guys. Um, several others that were just enormously strong, uh, at least at the time to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, especially my girls were just getting ridiculously strong. And uh <clears throat> I trained for the same SPF meet uh, that you did. Uh, I think I had done the mock meet. I don't remember what I pulled. I think I pulled something modest. I pulled like 540 at the mock meet. Mm -hmm. I had to edge out somebody else to get there, and it felt good. And uh, If you want to go specifics, I remember specifics of that day, and it was 495 for both of you guys' second pull. And he pulled 500 for his third. No, so what what happened? It was actually a little bit. It was actually a little bit different than that. You're close. Um, I pulled up. I opened with 475, and he opened with 455. Mm-hmm. Um, he moves up his next attempt. I move my next attempt up to um, 
I don't know. I guess it was like it was it was five hundred even is what it was because I remember what he pulled, uh, or it may have been like five ten or something. But uh, <clears throat> I moved up with that and smoked it. His second attempt, he goes four seventy five four eighty, pulls it pretty good, and then this guy he out benched me and I out squatted him. So we're kind of we're basically neck neck mm-hmm. and neck at this point, and uh, <clears throat> he. Uh, for a lot, my last number, I call it 540. And he was smart. I can't, I got to give it to him. But he was 100% betting that I was going to fail that. So he makes a jump from 480 to like 505 to edge out, enough to edge out my second attempt to beat me. He, would, he, he literally, his plan was, I'm going to beat this guy by 500 pounds, uh, five pounds because there's no way he pulls this 540. Mm-hmm. And, uh, just fury got to me, I guess. <laughs> and I smoked the 540. Like yeah. I probably, honest to God, I probably could have pulled 600 that day. But, uh, <laughs> but I pulled, I pulled the 540 and I beat him. Uh, ended up beating him kind of considerably because my squat was ended up being a lot better. But, uh, I wouldn't have had I not pulled that 540. I think I beat him by 60 or 70 pounds. But, uh, <clears throat> but anyway, that was enough for me to win. And, uh, that went really well. So we all trained for the meet and, uh, I'm a dumbass. Didn't listen to my coach. A week out from the meet, I got under a squat, um, heavier than what was programmed. I got out of pocket. My groin made this most minute pop in the bottom of that squat. I shut it down that day. Said we're not going to worry about it because it didn't physically bother me. You know what I mean? That bad. It popped in the bottom. It was a little sore, but it wasn't like I'm real bad injured. Fast forward to meet day. Uh, smoke my first squat. Get under my second one and tear my groin, my grade two strain in my groin, grade two strain in my bottom right abdominal. Uh, this is my first meet day experience as an athlete. So that's, uh, <laughs> I think that brings us back to the same, I think we're on yeah. the same same timeline now. So that's, that's basically where I've left off. <clears throat> yeah. So February 1st, 2020. Mm-hmm. It was the very first meet that I had done. I guess, was it the first? It was your first athlete? It was athlete. my first as an athlete. Yeah. So we, I guess we both we did the same meet. I didn't, I didn't even realize that was the same first meet, technically. Yeah. Um, and at least as an athlete. But um, yeah, so I remember that day. I remember driving up there. It was a little early. I remember uh, messaging a few of the people that were, they were going up there who, uh, well, just not talk about them, but uh, <laughs> there, there's a few of them from that group that we just don't talk about anymore. But anyway, I was talking to them. I was, you know, I was a little nervous. I was a little excited, a little at, at, weirdly at the same time, a little indifferent because I didn't really, I didn't really know how to feel. I guess yeah, going into it and uh, got ready, did our, our our first squats, and I remember, I remember getting. I think I, I got done with my second squat. And you were a few a few attempts later, and I remember when you when you tore your groin, and you know my heart sank, and like I I I didn't know, like I, I remember seeing Justin like kind of walk you off, and uh, not to not to bash anyone, but spotters were not there. They did not help. Yeah, they left me sleeping on the bar for a long time. It the was, damage was, in, in fairness to them, the damage was done. But I sat on that bar for what seemed like an eternity. It was only yeah. three or four seconds, but 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 it was <laughs> it was noticeable. It was it was weird because nobody reached for the bar. It was it was a whole just like the whole thing felt like it didn't actually happen. Like yeah. it was it was a, a a fantasy. But 
um, when it, reality kind of set in, I, I kind of like, I ran into the bathroom and with you and Justin and I was like, I don't, I don't, I don't know what you need, but I'm here if you need something and you're, you were just in pain. You couldn't really function. Bad pain. You know? It's fucking rough. Yeah. I, I remember <laughs> we were all just kind of like, you know, we'll do what we can. We just need to know what we need to do. And, um, it ended up being what, like whiskey and, uh, some- yeah. So, uh, <laughs> my buddy, Sonny, um, uh, had a bottle of whiskey with him. My mom had just had knee surgery. So mom had, had some Oxycontin <laughs> and, uh, Sonny had a bottle of Jack Daniels in his truck. I took the Oxycontin, drank about a half bottle that turned out about a half bottle of that Jack Daniels and went right back in and coached y'all. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And I don't remember much else from that day. <laughs> I, uh, I, rem- I remember a few things. I remember my, my bench press. I remember missing my third, but I was, I was a little disappointed in that, but you know, it was only 10 pounds more than my second attempt. So it wasn't like a detriment or anything. Uh, but I do remember deadlifts and we, I was just like, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to pull something big because you're not there yeah. to do it. And it, I just got it in my head. I was like, I got to pull this because if, we got to represent Coleman. Sure. You know, the Coleman powerlifting group. We got to, we got to show up, you know, me being the 212 pound guy who's been powerlifting for six months, maybe. Right. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I'm going to go out there. You know, it was, it was 535. And, and looking back, I know I could have pulled so much more than that. At yeah. At least 20 more pounds. Um, neither me as a coach or you as an athlete knew that at that time. Right? No, it was kind of, which it was my first time with a deadlift bar. Cause we didn't have a deadlift bar at the gym. It was like a whole bunch of firsts and, but it, it was, it turned out being a, a pretty, pretty fun meet. And I was, I was pretty, pretty stoked. Um, but going back to the, the bad side of all this is, uh, you know, I was, everybody was getting ready to go eat. And uh, I, I had no money to go eat. I was like, I can't afford to. And uh, everyone was like, well, we'll, we'll pay for you. And I was like, uh, me, just, I can't do that. I, you know, more I, now I feel a little more comfortable with people paying for my food. But, but at the time I was like, I don't want to owe anybody anything kind of mentality. I was like, I'm just going to go home. And I went home that day and it was like a, a switch turned off. And it was like every bit of happiness that I had and every bit of joy I had at that meet was just as soon as I stepped foot in my house, it was gone. And I was just, I was just back to being depressed and it's like, I don't, I don't know what I'm going to do with myself for the rest of the day. The sucks, you know, it's just, there was a lot of stuff going on and I, I was, I was unhappy. Yeah. I, I, was, I was, I was in a bad place and, you know, I started trying to figure out what I could do. And at the time, and I don't think about, I don't think this way about it now, but at the time I was like, I don't, I don't need to go to therapy. Like I'm not, you know, that's, it's not for me, not that it's a, and at at the time I didn't think it was a bad thing. I just felt like, you know, I'm just being a big baby, you know, and, but I couldn't help it. And looking back, I realized that was just a whole lot of, you know, the, bad side of being depressed, you know, clinical depression. But, um, that's when I, I started poking or poking and prodding. And, uh, uh, we had talked about the option for, uh, TRT because 
one of the benefits it, is help, it helps depression. Yeah. So I was like, I was very uneasy about it. I, I really, you know, I, for the longest time, ever since I had started, I was like, I don't want to touch anything. You know, I don't, I don't, it's not for me, but I was so desperate for anything to make me get out of this headspace. I was like, I'll give it a try. Like I, yeah. I need something to get me out of this headspace. And COVID hit, you know, not long after that. No, it was um, literally like the next month. Yeah. So Probably just a couple of weeks to be honest with you. It, it, it was not long. And I remember getting COVID like before it was a huge thing. I, I ate some food from Nukes. It was the first time I'd ever eaten there and I got dog sick. I thought I was going to die. Like I was laying on the couch. I was sweating. I was like, I was too weak to get up and answer the door. Like I was dead to the world. Um, and then a few weeks later it passed. And, um, I think it was after that point where I finally made the decision to go ahead and start. Um, and, uh, when I started the TRT, it felt like I wasn't depressed anymore. Shocker, right? Yeah. Like it, it, I, I was more confident in myself. I felt good. I felt like I had, you know, I, my lists were going up, obviously, you know, and like every, everything just felt like it was in the right place. So we were working out in the, my carport, in the carport, carport days. Those were, those were good days. Um, my, re my restaurant shut down at the time, so I wasn't working and I was getting that government COVID pay. Same. And yep. I just, uh, I rode that for about a month and a half. And, uh, just the only thing I did was eat and go to, go to the carport and work out. And it was, uh, but all, we, me had become friends with Austin about a month prior to that yep. too. So he was there with us yep. a lot of days. Austin was there. We had a lot, we had a lot of people. Hangers on. <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, you got People a gym. People find out you got a home gym. Everybody shows up. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody wants to be your friend when you got a home gym. Yeah. Never been so popular. <laughs> Haven't been that popular since. <laughs> well, I don't know about that. But, um, but yeah, that was that was the, the first time I had ever, I guess that was, you know, the, all, all the stuff prior was kind of just like getting, getting introduced to everything, kind of learning everything. And I feel like that was the first time where I really noticed, like, I'm a different person now. Right. And it was all for the better. You know, it, it's, it's just like if I, I, I couldn't have, I couldn't have planned it out to work out like that. Right. And it just, it all fell into place. And here we are. Yeah. That's, uh, picking up from that meat too. Uh, well, the year prior, I had started, I had started using too. It was my first experience with it, and uh, I just got enormously strong um, compared to where I was. I mean, I'm talking about uh, between starting training with Brandon, training with Justin, and then uh, starting um, basically what was a TRT dose at the time, too. Um, I started getting a lot stronger, and then after the passing of my uncle, I was like, in 2019, I was like, fuck it, we're going full sand. I hired an anabolics coach, um, started pinning. Um, Three times a week, I pinned uh, a half a cc of Masteron, a half a cc of Testy, and a half a cc of Trini, and I just really started putting a lot of weight on. 
but it made me go absolute the master on it, especially um I know now because it's it's the top of top of testosterone it is, masterone just made me get masterone just made me go batshit insane. And it caused a lot of problems um in my personal life. Um Sandy's a saint. Uh never uh um Never have I appreciated her more in this time, but um, you know, I, I finally decide at some point during during that year, I finally decide. For years, I've suffered from uh, depression and stuff like that, and just always did the manly thing and bottled it up and didn't talk about it. So there was, you know, every other day in the seven or eight years we had been together prior, it was, "Are you okay? Can I help you? Do you want to talk about it? Can you tell me what's wrong? This, that, and the other." and um, you know, at some point in 2019, uh, after Randy's passing, I, I come clean about it and say, I'm 100% not okay. Um, I'm not okay. Uh, I, you know, I, I'm not, I wasn't okay anyway, but the, just the feelings of just way overdoing uh, a drug I really knew nothing about um, really, really, really messed me up. And uh, I actually think me and Sandy are a lot better for it now um, because she knows how to deal with it and stuff like that. But just struggle with my mental health that year and, and the repercussions of some of the dumb shit I did because my mental health was was poor uh, really made 2019 hard. Uh, it's the strongest I've ever been. Um, that's the first time. It's really the only time in powerlifting I've, I've ever come to a point that said, uh, here I am. I'm starting to accomplish all the things I wanted to accomplish. At that time, my deadlift's nearing 600 pounds. My squat is fine. It's always been pathetic, but it's finally, you know, 450 plus. Uh, my bench press, my best gym PR was 370 at the time. So I've just have really got it together better than I ever had it together. And going into that meet was so important because, you know, I, I said it then, I said there, had I had I stayed on the platform and totaled, I would have had, I wouldn't have been best lifter because of body weight, but I would have been the biggest total of that day. And uh, to go out there and hurt myself because I did something stupid the week prior was just, it just kind of gutted me. And then I spent, uh, the next six weeks, basically until we were in the carport gym, teaching myself how to squat again. I rehabbed it myself, which is incredibly stupid. That caused some problems later that we'll get into. Um, but I rehabbed it myself. By the end of week one, I was doing bodyweight squats to a bench again. By the end of week two, I was squatting an empty barbell uh, to depth. Uh, and it was about six weeks later before I had not necessarily a, squ a strong squat, but a, a squat that made me feel like myself. Mm -hmm. um, I remember taking, I remember taking 335 for a single one the carport. And that was, it wasn't necessarily physically hard, but it was just the most it had been on my back because I just physically couldn't squat it. Yeah. Um, I remember getting Austin to spot me and I'm sure at the time he didn't know me that well. because he's like, this absolute bitch is about to, <laughs> but you know, he didn't know, you know, one thing he didn't know at that point, that was 120 pounds less than I was used to squatting. You know, mm -hmm. I had an expectation for myself and that just um, shattered me. And Brandon adjusted. He did really good as a coach. I had two or three really hard upper body days a week. And we just, on my odd days, I just did rehab working machines. That's mm -hmm. what I did. And that uh, it was kind of fuel for fire in a sense because I saw how far I came with Brandon. And then because of COVID, I ended up not having to fire Brandon, but I ended up having to, discontinue with him because uh, I just couldn't afford it because I wasn't, you know, I'd lost, lost one job because they didn't want me working at the gym. Uh, and then the gym had become my sole income. And then I lost the gym because 
of the shutdown. Mm-hmm. And uh, fortunately, you know, the government, uh, the COVID pay helped. <laughs> um, but it just wasn't the same to being around everybody. So um, 2020, again, despite 2019 being much worse, there was a huge dip for me in 2020 because because of those things. So, um, and, and basically, uh, to tell the truth, my entire journey since that point has been to avenge myself again, (laughs) you know, for that day, day. I registered, had registered for a meet, uh, in 2021. That was exactly, uh, like a year and a day apart from Mm -hmm. the day we competed and it got canceled because of COVID. Um, so I didn't get to, Avenge myself in 2021. And then uh, later in 2021, uh, at this point, I'm programming for myself. Um, later in 2021, um, uh, I was doing a lot of cardio. Um, I was on the elliptical a lot and I hurt my labrum. I hurt my hip on the elliptical. Uh, and I remember I remember having done it. Um, and it just felt really, really minor. Um, a couple of weeks later, we have a mock meet. I think my opening opening attempts are better than they've ever been. I opened with 540. Second attempt, I pulled 570. Um, third attempt was planning on being 600 pounds. Pull the 540. On the 570, I just feel something in my hip. Just like it was literally that motion. It was like just a slip. It wasn't painful or anything else, but it just slipped. Mm-hmm. Uh, went on. Got, uh, you, I think you remember I got 600 or 605 or whatever it is to my knees. Had to drop it. Couldn't lock it out. Um, and uh, basically, since then, I have been in a constant battle to, to fix that and come back and still have not. Um, it's, a, it's shameful to say as a coach that I haven't gone the distance in a meet, but I the whole thing has been avenging that day, February 1st, 2020. Um, uh, it's a very small goal, but really the only thing I want in March is to go the distance. I expect a 1,500-plus pound total. Um, because I would have totaled 14 on that day. So I expect to beat what I would have done that day. But um, it's really just about going and putting a total together just to say. Um, I did it, Mom. I did it, Mom. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, that's pretty much in a nutshell uh, everything we've done. But, you know, we continue to, you know, with your help and everybody else's, uh, we continue to build a powerlifting culture at that gym that grew. I don't want to say it's necessarily larger than the gym, but the gym be- – began to get a reputation for powerlifting because uh, we start doing this. My girls all do really good. You start doing really good. Austin comes. He comes out of retirement. Didn't have the meet he wants of the SPF meet that he competed in the first one, but he comes back, kind of redeems himself from his long hiatus from powerlifting. Um, Josh Crittner um, starts training his enormous squat. Um, Josh Smith comes. Um Starts helping us. So all of a sudden now where we're just like before in 2017, 2018, 2019, where we were like dabbling in, it seemed like we were dabbling in powerlifters, but we weren't competitive. And 2019, 2020, 2021, we find ourselves going and winning. Yeah. And not just winning, but breaking records and and uh and stuff like that. And it kind of solidified uh my idea that it could be that powerlifting could be a career. Mm-hmm. So, um, I'm proud of what we built there, and uh, uh, it's it's a shame to say that they may not feel the same way about that. Um, but uh, um, you know that paid powerlifting's paid a lot of bills at that place. <laughs> yeah, 
It's paid a lot of my bills. And uh, to think that I get to do something this fun for a living and to think that I'm not even really an athlete myself because I've never even made a total platform is uh, is crazy. But uh, people come to me for that now. They trust me. My peers trust me. Um, you guys trust me. Uh, people that are way better than me, both in coaching and in athleticism, uh, trust what I say about to have somebody like Austin trust me with programming or, or hell, even you now, because you've passed me. Josh, who's been doing this, what feels like longer than we've been alive, for him to trust <laughs> me with programming, for Tammy too, for hell, Sandy too. Sandy's a great powerlifter. I have girls that squat nearly as much as I do. <laughs> like, right. you, know, you know what I mean? Like, if I have anybody to think that I could be a um, could be a uh, authority on something I haven't even – actually competed in myself uh, successfully um, is wild to me, but it's here it is and it's a career now. So that just goes to show it's, it's not necessarily about, you know, I think Austin mentioned it before. He, he is the athlete. He doesn't care about the The how and the why the process. He just wants the result. He's relying on somebody else. You yeah. who has the knowledge or the drive to have the knowledge even. Yeah, it's a desire to, to learn how, too. Yeah, yep. To want to know how these things work, to want to know how to get better, to relay that knowledge to the athlete. I mean, it, 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 you look at, you know, there's a lot of like this, the jokes about the, oh, it's the overweight coach that, you know, old overweight guy, he doesn't know anything. Yeah. I want to talk to the guy who's, you know, Doing ten cc's and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and looks looks like I want to. But the guy over here has been doing it for years. He did it before. You know, he knows yeah. so much not only from experience, from what he's learned. You know, you look at like specifically, and I I, I don't mean to actually the the context is a little weird, but you know, a boxing coach like an old boxing coach, like you look at an old boxing coach when they're you know. I forget what it's called. Um, this, yeah, this number. Yeah, that the speed bag. Speed bag. That's what it is. When you, when you see like an old box coach hit a speed bag, it's like, oh, I get it now. You know what I mean? Experience means something. Yeah. Well, not just experience, just the know how, yeah. the knowledge of it. Because like, yeah. you can take the knowledge and put it into practice. One thing that made me a lot better as a coach, and I'm sure it's going to translate to my platform uh, in March, is just. I didn't, while I didn't make y'all get out and do it, I strongly encourage getting out and competing often. Yeah. And what y'all don't necessarily know, you probably do because you can put it all, you can connect dots like this, but what people don't necessarily know is that every time I go to a powerlifting meet to coach it, I learn something new. Yeah. So as I've been coaching powerlifting meets and selecting attempts and doing this, even guiding y'all through warm ups and stuff like that, I gain more and more knowledge every time I do it. And I've, I've just gotten to where, Way more so than I am as an athlete, but as a coach, I'm just really well practiced. Yeah, I do it all the time for all levels of powerlifters. Um, so, you know, <clears throat> it helps. You know what I mean? I mean, it helps to be in it and it helps to do it. Um, and uh, I mean, I don't, I don't know what to say about it. I mean, I know I have a lot further to go. Uh, you never quit learning in this, and the minute you quit learning is the minute your your career and your success dies. Mm-hmm. Um, I mentioned one of the things that, that drew me to Ron. Uh, there were two meets in particular. Um, we competed at a US, USP, uh, USAPL meet. My girls did, and Dave Hayes did, and Lee Johnson did. 
somewhere like Wetumpka area. And uh, just watching Ron and how he handled his athletes, the things that were happening that day, I learned so much just from watching him and listening to him. And he didn't even know what kind of effect he had on me on that on that day. And then the next day, the next meet that I coach, this is sometime before that SPF meet, uh, is in Fultondale, Gardendale area at uh, TriStar Fitness. Ron's there with his athletes, and he gives some of my girls some pointers about deadlifts. It was the baby powder pointer. But just watching people like him, uh, like Ron, like Dustin Reed, um, Jesse is old and <laughs> curmudgeonly and is, is uh, just, <laughs> old, just a grumpy old man as he is. <laughs> Just that guy has wisdom to sh- everything that comes out of his mouth, whether you like the SPF or not. That guy knows what he's talking about mm-hmm. and just shutting up and listening. Even listening to other coaches that may not know what they're talking about as much. You can learn something from bad information, too. You can learn something. If you're willing to dissect it, you can learn something from anything. But, you know, you know, specifically locally, just watching Ron and how he conducts himself with his athletes had a pretty big Definitely had a big influence on me hiring him, but even had a bigger influence on the way I coach people and the way I handle people on meet day. Yeah. Um, his knowledge for the game is just far beyond mine and stuff like that. Um, but just listening to people. Uh, that's how you gain knowledge is just shut up. And <laughs> just listen. Just listen. doesn't matter if you believe in what they're saying or not. You can dissect something. Mm-hmm. Now, Ron, was, in my experience, has been right every time I've you know, every every time I've had to deal with anything. Uh, Dustin Reed is the same way. Um, Jesse's the same way. But you know, even just listening to other coaches, and uh, there's another big name coach who's been named on the podcast before, but I won't name him in this instance. Watching the way he conducts things on meet day versus the way these other guys conduct things on on meet day, despite how great he is and despite how good his athletes is, to me there was just something. It may be the empathy and just the care he took for the athletes, but there was just something missing from him that I just didn't gain as much knowledge from. But those those two guys specifically, Dustin don't even know me. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've met each other in passing a few times, but, um, you know, just paying attention to people that actually give a fuck about their athletes, um, man, that's been invaluable. That's just the biggest game changer for me. Um and then, you know, personally as an athlete is uh, not getting out of pocket, doing what my coach tells me, and then just <laughs> also just trusting the way I feel. Yeah. I had an issue come up on deadlifts the other day. I was just smoked. Uh, I had some deadlifts programmed <clears throat> at a certain weight that uh, some deficit deadlifts after my big deadlifts were done. I just didn't have anything left. Couldn't pull it. I could have probably been stubborn and pulled it anyway and hurt myself. I just took 100 pounds off the bar and just got the work done, but little things like that that you just gain from just having done it. Uh, a willingness to try to stay healthy and to listen to somebody mm-hmm. is so much different. I can listen to other coaches as a coach and gain a lot of knowledge from them, but as a lifter that coaches, mm-hmm. you when it comes to yourself, you always want to take over and say, like, mm-hmm. no, I know better, I know me better. But yeah. in reality, when you listen to these guys that you pay for, there's a reason you pay for them. Yep. And uh, unfortunately, uh, as good as a relationship I have with Brandon, I just didn't listen enough to Brandon. Yeah. You know, I got out of pocket way too much and I paid the price for it. But um, 
That's that's powerlifting now. So that's the less called call it something modern day. Uh, well, I, I got a little bit. I guess I could talk about the meets in yeah. between. Um, so after the first meet that we did together, uh, started to develop a love for it. Um, uh, so we we start training and. Really, I don't have a goal of doing another meet in, in the near future, mostly because of COVID. Um, I think there was one that I was planning on going to that got canceled, so it didn't end up. It may happening. have been the same one I was It may have been. Uh, so we were we were kind of I think we I think we did some mock meets in between. Um, noticed I'm getting stronger, uh, getting better at all my lifts. I'm starting to develop a desire to learn mechanics and kind of like the little nuances, you know, where your feet should be, you know, all this, the arching with your back, the pushing your head against the bench, just the, the little things here and there. I'm, I'm diving in. I'm like, how can I get better? How can I eke out a couple extra pounds and, you know, just progressively getting better and better. And, um, I had had a, a, a coaching certificate for a while that I never did anything with. I got through ACE, um, 2016, 2017, something like that. Just never did anything with it. Um, but I wanted to because I, I started to love it, but I just, I just never, never used it. But, um, learning the stuff, trying to get better, go into, um, another SPF meet. That was the same, same meet, but different day as Austin. Um, went in there and, uh, I put 300 pounds on my total. I think I ended with 1540 as my total that day. Yeah, it was huge. Yep. Um, but it was like a, a from it was it was it in October of 2021? September, October. It was SPF Worlds in Knoxville. Yeah. Um, so well, I'll say September. It was September, I remember because Rod Run was in town and made traffic horrendous. That it was that it was that was awful we were trying to just walk places and it was miserable but in every, uh in every meaning of the word it was miserable. <laughs> so you look at a year and seven months so a little more than a year and a half i put 300 you know odd pounds on my total that was that was really cool so it really kind of solidified that you know, I was doing something right you were doing something right like and you and you and Austin both uh Strongest two raw lifters by far in that meet. Also, technically won SPF Worlds. Yeah. Well, he won raw, no wraps, I think. Well, he won the trophy for the whole thing. I don't know why he didn't well, get it was, paid. It was, it was <clears throat> not to knock SPF. It was, it was kind of a shit show. And it was, it was yeah. like, it was almost like separate meets, but it was the same meet. And they get like the multiply lifters, man. Like, that's how, that's, that meet and the Austin's meet before that's how I kind of gained a, a a little bit of a hatred for multiply happening the same day as raw. Yeah. It made the day super long. The so many different flights. And They're definitely just, catered to in that in that federation, yeah. and that's oh. uh, that that one minute time to get your lift done goes out the window if you're in a multiply suit. Like yeah, seeing people take two or three minutes to set their athlete up for a bench press and it's it's and stuff like that. It's, it's annoying. <clears throat> it just makes a day drag and it's like, come on, we, we, we need to separate this or something. But anyway, I, I, I got a trophy as well. It's somewhere. It might be behind all that stuff. I got, I won my weight class that day. 
um, which was pretty cool because it was a, a bigger event. You know, it wasn't like it was a big event for SPF for sure. Yeah, it was, it was a big event for SPF. There were it's a hundred lifters because it was a two day event. Yep, yeah, it was a hundred lifters. Overall, I think I was like 14, 15, somewhere, somewhere around there for the whole day, I think. Um, so I was, I was, I was stoked that I placed at all, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. I think it's the first time you actually had competition. In the yeah, movie. there was, but the problem with that day was that I didn't know who my competition was because everything was so disorganized. Everything's I, handwritten there. It's not, we don't get the screen like we do in USPA. Yeah. Um, but again, not to knock SPF, those two no, were fun. Were, yeah, they were super fun. It was just, I just didn't know anything other than go out there and do what you can. Also, also, awesome convention to squat and wraps when you haven't done a single <laughs> squat and wraps prior to your squats and wraps. Well, I, I did a few in my wraps and I wrapped them myself. When it came down to Austin squat or wrapping my, my knees, that was, uh, that was a different experience entirely. He, Felt like my my joints were gonna snap. <laughs> like my knees yeah, were your, just gonna Your hamstrings split. were bruised. I remember. Yeah, my hamstrings, the back of my knee, which is normal was, apparently. Made me uh, made me a sleeves for life kind of guy, I think. But uh, <laughs> but no, we did that, and I only missed one lift. It was well, I only missed one squat. Excuse me, I missed. Technically, I went six for nine. I made my last deadlift, but I missed my last squat, my last bench, which. Seven yeah. for nine. Or did you miss a deadlift? Yeah, I missed my second deadlift. Was or, it a lockout? I don't remember. Yeah, it, it was, it was um, soft knees. Soft knees. It was, uh, the, the, the only <laughs> technical call made on an SPF Sunday <laughs> yeah. or Saturday for you. <laughs> yeah. It was like, we, we pay attention to the rules now. Okay, right. cool. <laughs> like, uh, squat death? Uh, it doesn't matter. But now, if you don't lock out your knees on a deadlift, we're gonna we're gonna get you. Squat <laughs> squat depth matters if you're a raw lifter in SPF, squat depth matters. <laughs> Multiply you can just Yeah. Yeah. As long as long as you get down, you know. Down ish. Down ish. And to see the guys that do get called for depth complain about it, it's just like it's kind of hysterical. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry to all of our multiply listeners. Y'all were cool, I swear. No maybe comment. a little, maybe a little less so, but <laughs> y'all are so cool. Uh, I've gained a lot of knowledge from a multi, uh, my multi-pilot friend, Josh Smith, and he, uh, yeah. he swears by it. He loves it. And there's nothing wrong with that. But to be fair to that guy, I mean, he totals 1500 without it. So, yeah. uh, at, a, at 220. So, I mean, mm-hmm. he's, he's not a weak person, you know? No. So, um, he, he's, uh, uh, unfortunately I have seen people in that federation that can't bench press 275 raw, go up and attempt 500 in a shirt. Yeah. You know? That's a little, Cheesy. Yeah, that's a little, a little I mean, cheesy. it's a little cheesy. At this point, what are you doing? You know what I mean? Yeah. I'll never forget. You're, the you're first, not doing much. The suit. Yeah, the, fir- the first time I really experienced that was at Austin's first meet back. And Austin, pretty, you know, he's a pretty aggressive dude. He's not mean by no means, but he got pretty much ran out of the, the warm-up section for squats. And then goes on to have the biggest, one of the biggest, the second biggest squat of the day. Mm-hmm. The only guy that out-squats him is a multi-piloter that squats like 800 and Austin squats six something yeah and uh raw mm-hmm. and we're like i don't need everybody's basically like one of these things is not like the other you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> you, know, you know what i mean like so it's 
So, I mean, it kind of, you know, he didn't have the meat he wanted to, but it kind of made me feel good, too, because they were rude as shit mm-hmm. in the warm-up area. It was a completely different vibe from, like, a USPA or USAPL meet where everybody is kind of supportive. They were like, fuck no, you're raw. Go do this somewhere mm-hmm. else. Like, everything we do takes precedence. And, and then they go out and do less. Nice. Yeah. Which was kind of, in its own way, it was pretty funny, to be honest right. with you. So, Justice. Um, I'm happy on that day Austin was representing us because he has just such an enormously awesome squat. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's I mean, cool. he's really good at all three. He really awesome. is good at all three. But uh, but I felt very proud and very represented in that day where <laughs> he was the strongest person there and he was uh, he was in sleeves. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it was, uh, it, was, it was good for my ego. I think it was probably good for Austin's even if he didn't have the meat mm-hmm. he wanted that day. Yeah, it's really hard to have the meat that you want. First time coming back after being out of it for so long, though. Don't tell me that. <laughs> <laughs> You're on a good track, though. You're on a good track. Don't worry about it. Yeah, I really don't, don't stress about it. It's fine. I really should start practicing commands. But, you know, for me, you know, moving forward, uh, you know, I'm kind of doing, uh, I'm kind of going to follow in Elizabeth's footsteps. I'm going to go to the transformation thing. We've talked about that already, but it's going to be a big change for me to go from powerlifting and worried about being strong to, all of a sudden having to be worried about what I look like, what I weigh, what I, what I eat, what I, you know, more so than I do now, uh, all those things. And it's kind of uh, intimidating in a way. Um, I need to, for my health and for, for, for my mental health, for, um, you know, I have a history of eating disorders. I, I need to do those things for that. And that's the reason I want to do it just to, cause I'll do something if I have somebody to beat. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm not going to do it for me. Yeah. So, like, in order for it to get done for me, I had to find a, a different reason to focus my mind on it. And I, I'm a little heartbroken about it just because my time with Ron, although it's going to be short, has been so great. 100%. When I get on the other side of this thing, when I start coming back up, Ron will be my coach moving forward. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, it's just time, health-wise, age-wise, stuff like that, to just shift focus long enough for me to get things right and get healthy. Yeah. And that makes sense because – I mean, you don't, you don't want to, you don't want to do this for so long that it puts you, your long-term health at jeopardy. I don't want to be burned. I don't want to be burned out either. Yeah. I, mean, I want to, you know, mentally, I want to be able to continue doing this for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, even when physically, I, you know, even if I get to the point physically, I can't. Um, so like, I, I want to always be involved in powerlifting. It's always going to be, that is always going to be the greater goal. Um, but honestly, just like your situation in cutting, I think that that's what, this is what it's going to take for me to be a better Powerlifter, you know, I'm probably going to stage weight in, in October is probably going to be 225 to 235. Um, it's going to be a lot of weight loss for me. Um, but I know if I do that, the next time I weigh 275 pounds, I'll be the be best 275 pound weight class I've ever been. Yeah. I'm going to be healthier. I'm going to feel better. I'm going to move better. Um, so, I mean, you know, it sounds counterproductive because it's such a long prep, but it's really all about. It's about my health first, but at the end of the day, it really is all about being a better power lifter. It's, uh, it's uh, <laughs> not, what is it? Uh, it's a marathon, not a race. Yeah, absolutely. You know, everybody, every, every coach worth their salt, every athlete worth their salt, anybody with any experience in this game or any know-how, anything under their belt will tell you that it's consistency that will win you meets. Your willingness to go do what other people want which diet's part of that for me. I got that's something I got to nail down. That's the reason I want to do this bodybuilding prep because I want to know what I want to know what a miserable diet actually looks like, 
So then the next time I have to have I have to eat the vertical diet to get better at powerlifting, I won't bitch about it <laughs> and moan about it and and act like it's the worst thing I've ever done. I promise you, it's retraining my brain. You know if, what I mean? Like, if you eat uh, if you eat ground turkey and egg whites every day for breakfast for a week, you'll appreciate the vertical greens diet. with nothing on them <laughs> and two gallons of water and all the you know all these things. I want to experience it too because. I do feel like, and I definitely we we're in a bodybuilding town. There's nothing wrong with that. I respect that sport so much, and the people that are good at it in our town, I respect them a lot because that grind is because they respect our grind. Mm-hmm. Um, but that grind is incredible. I mean, it's crazy what those guys go through. But I kind of want to do it just to say, "Look, motherfucker, it. I can." Do you it. may be better at it than me. You may have done it, but don't like don't act like you're the only one that can do it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know what I mean, like. It is, to, it is actually to elevate myself amongst my peers and my peers' opinion of me, to be honest with you, too. Mm-hmm. And as a trainer, I mean, it sucks. <clears throat> I'm so, probably more self-conscious about it than I am. And when I tell people I'm a powerlifting coach, they feel like it makes more sense, right? Because mm-hmm. powerlifters are fat, whatever, that cliche. But uh, it sucks as a personal trainer to not look like a personal trainer. Right. Now, I mean, if you look at my upper back and my legs and – the size of my chest and stuff like that, you can you can definitely look at me and say that guy works out. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's not like you know I'm not walking around here at ten percent body fat and I'm not taking half naked pictures of myself and putting them on Instagram <laughs> or anything like that. And I, nor am I worthy of that at the moment. But um, you know, as a personal trainer, there is something professionally compelling about being able to do that side of things too. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's it good can for only business, make it better, right? It's it's good for branding. Because like when people look for a trainer, they want to see somebody who's who's in it's it. Client zero, right? I mean, like if you can't take care of yourself, you can't expect people to trust you to take care of them. And uh, I've done a really good job building trust with my clients, and I believe that the people I've trained believe in me and uh, love me as I love them and uh, respect what I do. But it's just adding another level to that. Mm-hmm. It's like, hey, I, I've been fat before. I have done this the wrong way. Uh, with my eating disorders and stuff, and I have done this the right way, and um, that just increases your ability to relate and be empathetic and and uh, and help somebody. Yeah, it makes you a better coach. When it does. It's going to make me a better coach, and I, I have to I have to tell myself that, and I, I continuously tell myself that that um, what I'm doing. I'm going to have Grant help me, obviously, but what I'm doing will ultimately be the best thing for me in powerlifting. And the next time I call Ron and say, "Do you want to coach me?" Um, and I hire him and I get ready for another meet. I'm, I have no doubt that I'll be better yeah. for it. So dad jokes, are you done? You got, you got parts, parts of yours you want to um, stick on the here and now? I mean, the only, only, I don't have any goals right now, which is kind of unfortunate. Um, life's changing, life's changing a lot of, a lot of things going on. So really I'm just trying to stick in it. I'm trying to stay consistent. I'm trying to put, my weight back on currently. Um, and I think my biggest goal is to really, it's, it's going to be, I, it's kind of stupid to say out loud, but it's going to be power building. It's going to, I want to stay strong, but I also want to work on physique. So it's, it's going to be, does that feel like a buzzword to you now? Yeah. Like it's, but really, it's the, it's it's really the right way. It's really really the way we should have been training as powerlifters all along. I think I, mean, I think it's a good stance on 
powerlifting off season. Yeah, you don't, you don't want to get weak in your off season. You also shouldn't be getting hurt in your off season. Yeah, you shouldn't. You shouldn't be you shouldn't get hurt in your off season. But you definitely shouldn't be putting your nuts on the chopping block in the off season when it doesn't matter. Right. You should just be getting better. Yeah. Yeah. You I mean, should focus on. That's what I'm really doing. Is focusing on just getting better at the lifts, putting more weight on the bar as I can, or grinding out more reps or whatever. Really, I do feel like right now, and it may just be right now. I don't have the same grit that I had three years ago. I, when I was just getting started three years ago, I feel like I had that, I'm gonna get this no matter what, if it kills me. And maybe it's just cause I've been in it so long and I know how my body feels. It's like, when it starts to get to that point, it's like, I don't have splatter, but I'm just gonna rack it. Right. You know, and I feel like I'm defaulting that more and more. And I don't know if it's, if it's experience or if it's cowardice. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, it it could be both, and it could be striking at different times, right? I mean, like, um, to be completely honest with you, you know, I'm in a, I'm in a season where I'm learning things about myself that I didn't, I never thought I, you know, like today's a good example. I never thought I was going to be capable of that. Um, I was never an athlete or anything before, so I have very little physical confidence. You know what I mean in my physical ability or or anything like that. So for me, it's kind of yeah, I'm a little bit pissed off if you want to. I'm a little bit less pissed off if you want to call that the grit that I'm missing. Mm-hmm. But in the same sense, like I'm gaining gaining confidence that I've never had. One because I'm healthy. I'm not injured right now. Um, you know, I have a lot of things going on going for me um, in a positive way. So I think I'm in a weird way. I feel like I'm just now learning how to be gritty in a way that makes sense. Yeah. So I mean, you know, like I said, we're in very different seasons though. Um, and you know, injury after injury after injury will take some physical confidence away from you too. Yeah. Um, and to be this far into a meat prep, knock on wood, uh, I have a little bit of a a little bit of a chest strain right now. But outside of that, I'm, you know, I'm probably I'm ninety five percent healthy at the moment. Yeah. So I mean, uh, you know, that chest strain is just something that's kind of touch and go. On days I feel good, I'm gonna hit what I'm supposed to. On days I feel bad, I'm just gonna be like, listen, Ron, just felt like shit. Kind of do floor presses instead of, right. you know, whatever it may be. Um, but, um, you know, he's a, the best I can do is make him aware of it, be open and honest, and and uh, and do it that way. But and not just power through it, and not just not being not being an idiot. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's um, no pain, no gain. Right, it's been drilled in our head all the time. But if you want to, if you're injured, you miss practice, and that means if you miss practice, that means you're no longer consistent. Mm-hmm. And we just told you that the most important thing about this whole grind is a bodybuilder, as a powerlifter, as a crossfitter, as anything physical, any strength sport, is consistency. If you're dumb enough to go get yourself hurt when you know you shouldn't, freak accidents happen all the time. Right. You go in and train hurt, knowing you're hurt, you make it worse. You have taken consistency off your – by default, you're taking consistency off the table for yourself. Mm-hmm. And I'm just not uh, – where I really abuse my time with Brandon and I regret that, um, I'm just really not about – taking that consistency off the table for me anymore. Yeah. I mean, to the point that I don't even add it, you know, used to um, after a big bench press day, I would add some arm stuff. So I got to do more arms or, you know, my quads are small. I got to, or whatever I felt uh, bad about, uh, mm-hmm. I have to do more of, of this. I do exactly what's on that paper now. Yeah. And if I have, if he gives me the opportunity to train a little bit more arms, I'll hit them a little harder that day than I normally do. Um, what he does give me, I do seriously. I push myself to my absolute max 
So I get the most out of that three sets of 10 heat programs on dips or whatever mm -hmm. it is. And then when it's done, it's just done. As I'm finding it's more enjoyable because today was long, but I had to deal with clients in and out and, mm -hmm. and everything else. But, you know, a lot of these workouts, I'm getting done in 45 minutes to an hour and a half max, where it was taking me two and a half and three hours to work out. Yeah. There's wisdom comes with it. Dad jokes. I'm good with dad jokes. Let's see what we got going on today. Dad says jokes. We need to, we need to, uh, we need to tag them. Yeah, we do. Cause we <laughs> rip the jokes off all the time. Let's see. Oh, that's, that's a good one. And it's topical. It's just, I don't know if you saw the first, it's like the very first one that popped up. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. So my new year's resolution is to procrastinate and I'll start tomorrow. Pretty good. <laughs> uh, I dig that one. Uh, shout out to my grandma. That's the only way she can hear. <laughs> I should have screamed that one. <laughs> that would have been fun. What type of jeans do you, uh, damn, I fucking stepped all over that one. Never mind. <laughs> so you say, what type of pants do, do ghosts wear? <laughs> Boo jeans. <laughs> what, type of, what type of jeans? Yeah, I fucked that one all the way up. Sorry, guys. So Christmas was not long ago. Uh, I got a gift. It was uh, a deck of sticky playing cards. I'm having a hard time dealing with this. <laughs> that's good. <laughs> All right. I, I think that's that's good enough for the day. Yeah, we ran over a little bit again. A little bit, but we, we reined it in more than we did when we had Austin. So we'll, yeah, we'll take it as a win. Uh, so don't think we really have any plans on next week. Um, do you know if Dave or... Yeah, we might reach out to Dave and Steve and see if they can come do it or one or the other. I uh, still want Steven to come do it, but uh, wrestling season starting back up for him. And uh, he's, he's putting on shows on Saturday nights. So mm. it's kind of going to be a little touch and go on, yeah. on guests, I think. But, um, you know, I think that maybe we should start. Uh, I really wouldn't mind if he would be willing to. I wouldn't really mind uh, Justin come and talk about his experience with strength training. He's yeah. never actually competed, but. God, he's, he's, he's got awful strong. strong. So yeah, he's yeah. got awful strong. Um, he has some wisdom uh, to share of his own that's very not clinical, I'll mm -hmm. say. Um, but I mean, he knows one thing in the gym, and that's real fucking hard work. Yeah, and uh, he got real fucking strong <laughs> doing it. Um, so I really wouldn't mind doing it with him. Um, but you know, we we got some ideas. Uh, it's probably time for another female guest too. Miss mm -hmm. um, Tammy would be a really good option for yeah, that. Casey would be there. I mean, yeah. we got a ton of people um, that we could bring on. So, um, yeah, look forward to more guests. We just don't know which ones yet. If uh, if anyone wants to be on the show that knows us, yeah, hit us up. Reach reach out. I mean, we'll probably just say, yeah, yeah. I mean, we. If not, we'll do a little bit less. Uh, you know, off a little bit less uh, history and backstory and stuff like that, and. Yeah. Uh, Maybe just dive into a specific topic next time yeah. if it ends up just being you and, you and I. So. Yeah, I think I think we could. There are several topics that we can just talk about, but but uh, yeah, maybe we'll we'll see what happens. It's gonna be a mystery. Mystery. I uh, got any closing thoughts? Yeah. Uh, listen to your coach. Listen to your coach. Don't don't do the bad things we did. Do more of the good things that we did. Uh, 
do everything you can to stay consistent. And sometimes that means pulling your head out of your ass, dropping your ego, quitting the lift altogether that day or taking the weight down. Um, don't embarrass yourself on the platform with a grade two groin strain. Um, especially when you would have been the strongest person there. <laughs> <laughs> don't take, don't take our advice on uh, steroids. Um, yeah. Consult I mean, I, your doctor because we are not doctors and yeah, we, we are not, uh, we, uh, I do just, not take any responsibility. We're just, <laughs> we're yeah, just, just talking absolutely. about our experience. And, and honestly, you know, I told, I told you 2019, I had a really bad time because I fucked around with somebody I shouldn't have been fucking around yeah. with. Um, in terms of advice, you know, I hired an anabolic coach. Um, turns out they were just gearheads and wanted to pump me for a bunch full of bunch of bullshit that without any look at my blood work or anything like that. Um, best thing I can tell you is stay off of it as long as you can. If you do decide to make that decision, Consult your doctor, get blood work done regularly, uh, regularly, eat well, sleep well. Those two things are going to carry you further than steroids ever could anyway. Yep. Um, and when you've exhausted all possibilities uh, and you've done them well, then you can consider that path. But consult a doctor yep. or a physician or, or a physician. <laughs> Start to study. <laughs> Does that not what they say at the end of uh, <laughs> pharmaceutical commercials? Yeah, but... <laughs> What, what, is the, what, what, is the, what is the delineating factor between a doctor <laughs> or a physician? They're both they both went to medical school. I mean, they're both doctors, right? So, I don't know. What well, is I guess a physician could be a catch-all because you can do like uh, nurse practitioners and shit, right? So would uh, they be considered a physician? Probably because they can have their own practice. So mm, I guess so. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what the difference is. Somebody in the medical field chime in on that. Probably. Maybe we her. should have Desi on this time. <laughs> she should be our guest. <laughs> she will probably not. Sit here in silence the whole time. The, pretty Start much. The just like <laughs> hating it. Hate, feeling uncomfortable the whole time. Probably would. All right. Well, I guess that's it. So we'll see you guys next time. And uh, until then, uh, go have a drink. Yeah. Get some, can we, uh, the Shanky's Whip, man. Get some Shanky's, Shanky's Whip. Shanky's Whip. Make an old fashioned <laughs> with it. It was delicious. That's, um, that's like the best thing I've had drink wise in a long time. Happy New Year's. Don't drink and drive. Peace. Later. <laughs>